This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that can't believe it saw Chelsea score a goal. Now, having sung I'll Never See a Goal Again the other week, I was beginning to think that that was indeed the case for much of the first half of Chelsea versus Leeds. Havertz did his usual dink into the keeper's hands. Felix hit the bar. Again. Chilwell volleyed wide. But wonders will never cease. A corner on 53 minutes saw Fafana W leap like a salmon and bury a header past Meliere. 1-0 to Chelsea and in the Harding end too. Q, we've scored a goal reverberating around Stamford Bridge. A bit of much needed gallows humour you would have thought. But according to many, this is championship supporter behaviour. Hmm. Of course, the real championship behaviour was exhibited by our under-siege coach, who, at the prospect of winning his first Chelsea match in eight attempts, brought subs on to pack the midfield and shut the game down and perhaps cling on to his job. Of course, this current iteration of Chelsea is not good enough to do that, and all it did was to embolden Leeds to go for an equaliser. I was convinced that was going to happen, but mercifully, Chelsea saw it home. Contrary to what some might think, we all go to Stamford Bridge to see our team win, especially against rivals like Dirty Leeds. Have all our problems disappeared thanks to a patchy 1-0 win? No. Has Potter redeemed himself in the eyes of most supporters? No. But a win is a win, and it felt bloody good. Right, for Chelsea Fancast number 972, we scored a goal. We certainly did. And I'm Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined as ever by the absolute legend that is Sir Jonathan of Kidd. I thought I was Lord Kidd. Have you demoted me? No, I think that's a... I'm not sure... The Duke of Kidd. That's a real promotion. 
I like that. It's Jonathan, the Duke of Kid. Duke, is that right? Duke of Earl? Yeah. Duke, 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 Duke of Kid. Yep. Kid, Kid, Duke of Kid. I like that very much. Thank you. Um, yes, well said, Chidge. Good, good summation of uh, of how we all very good indeed. Mm. And the the idiocy of people thinking the the humour of singing we've scored a goal being taken as some kind of of championship statement. Well, we will. We 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 are going to discuss that at length. We will be debating it. I know. I've leapt ahead again. And may I say that he scored the goal? You said like a salmon. I said I actually think it was more salmon leaping upon a salmon yeah, on the top. A huge of the jump, wasn't it, man? Huge yeah. jump. It made me think. Oh, in the future we may see more of this because he'd almost scored in the I've first. Got, I'm gonna, we're also talking about that later, and I'm going to have. Oh. I'm going to. I've got statistical evidence to prove other. I've. I, I, I will shut up, but you, you are going to wet your pants when you see the thing I found in The Athletic, which qualifies what we have been saying for decades. Decades? Yes. Anyway, I'm not going to say any more okay, about okay. it. We've got well, somebody on the I, show. I, I, I say, I've just learned. I've learned. I've just learned what to do so that I don't then preempt anything. When you say um, I've got Duke of Kid on, I go, hello. And I then in- instantly introduce Mark. <laughs> Sorry, do, whoever it mate, is. You can do what the fuck you like. You know that. Oh, I know, but just so that we avoid we avoid any pitfalls with me. No, but it's all right. You can walk into the trap, and I can say no, 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 don't, and don't, don't, don't. We do don't. every week. I know. We every do. time we're on, it's part it's of the our same charm. Thing. It is part of our charm. I know. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, but good. So anyway, we have um, we have the uh, talking of salmon. We have the uh, the man who only <laughs> <laughs> the man with the 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 brain of the Mekon. That's one for the very old listeners, indeed. And um, who is, of course, um, the uh, the big cheese of the of the the trust? It is, of course, the excellent, lovely, what a sweet man he is. Um, who I had the joy of meeting at the end of the Spurs game the other day, who we both sort of, you know, cried into each other's <laughs> arms um, while we were queuing for the train. It is, of course, the brilliant Mark Meehan. Good evening, JK. Thank you very much for that kind introduction. Good evening, Chidge. Hello. Good, good evening, good people of Mixler. And yes, there was a very funny moment at Spurs the other week as we all trooped back to the station after that poor performance at the, what used to be Three Point Lane. And JK and I just bumped into each other and there was like, there was there was nothing. There was no anger. There was just apathy would just shrug our shoulders <laughs> it's like, yeah and even like the Tottenham fans are, you know like there are probably times gone by you'd get cross with the Tottenham fans or they'd get cross with us and bottles would get thrown and it was just none of it we just shrugged our shoulders and just got on the train and well, JK went home and I, I went and got very very drunk basically at a yeah. gig but that's, a, that's another what, what story. gig did you, you see? Went to a, yeah sorry yeah. we went to see the Black Star Riders oh. um, yeah so if you if you know That's your Scott music, Gorham's band, Scott Gorham's band. So if if you know your music, yeah. <laughs> so it's Thin Lizzy reincarnated without the dear departed Phil Lynott. Um, the absolutely brilliant Ricky Warwick on vocals, Scott Gorham on on guitar, um, and they had Michael Monroe, ex Hanoi Rocks, a support, and Phil Campbell, ex Motorhead, and his delightful named Bastard Sons. And it turns out that most of the people in the band are Phil Campbell's sons. <laughs> I can't determine sort of like you know, the illegitimacy of that band, but nonetheless, it was a three-band bill. We'd gone straight from Tottenham. I was with Mr. Beard, and it was great chatting to JK because I was waiting for Neil Beard and Andy Cairns, who was also at the Tottenham game to catch up. So we went to the gig, and Ricky Warwick had very kindly put us on the guest list. 
So very, very good evening. Far too much alcohol consumed. And we use Saturday before the Leeds game to sort of check notes and determine how most of us got home. And the only actual sensible person amongst us was Andy Cairns because he actually booked a hotel across the road from Shepherd's Bush Empire. So he got home very quickly. The rest of us made a bit of a hash of our journey home. Nice but lovely evening. With really, really good people. Yeah. I'd have, been up, Han- I'd have been up for that, mate. Should have said. Yeah. Yeah. Loved. Oh, I thought I had. Sorry. Um, you probably had, to be fair, mate. I probably, I, probably, I probably had. It was a bit like me telling you we were going to do a fan cast around the book and you forgetting about it. Touche. Touche. But it was it was a lovely, uh, uh, lovely evening. Great afternoon um, meeting JK, even though the football talk was rubbish. But we're going to talk about an even better afternoon now. We are indeed. And actually, funnily enough, next Sunday I shall be seeing Andy because uh, uh, he's coming along to Killing Joke with me and my best mates. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the big man then. Is Andy? that Royal Albert Hall gig? It is yeah. Royal Albert Hall. First two albums yeah. live. It's going to be the bollocks, mate. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Andy for a proper drink too because every time I see Andy, I have to bloody drive. And I too have booked a hotel next Sunday. That's forward planning. Has he booked a hotel as well? I think he might yeah. have done. I don't know. I think, so he, yeah, I think good, he has. I think he has. Very good planning on both your parts. He is indeed. Yeah. Right, talking of good planning, we are doing a show tonight. And what are we going to talk about? Well... Uh, we are going to talk about it being a better performance, uh, but still rather profligate. Uh, as I said, we, we scored a goal from a corner, which is astonishing. And I dug out, I dug out an article that was written, funnily enough, after the Spurs match uh, in The Athletic, where they analysed Chelsea's corners, uh, either defending them or attacking. And they are shocking. But it's the interesting thing is, as I was saying to JK a minute ago, they bear out what he and I have been... I mean, the running joke on the fan cast has been the last decent corner taker at Chelsea was Graham Lasseau, right? So it's quite frightening, these statistics. Then we're going to talk about this whole championship thing. Um, you know, the, the approbation that I saw on Twitter for people singing, uh, you know, we scored a goal. Uh, and we're going to talk about Chelsea humour from the past. And uh, also we're going to talk about Potter's Championship Tactics by playing 3-6-1 for the last 15 minutes. What was that all about? Part two, uh, we're going to have a good, lovely little name check of the people that I was impressed with. Uh, Fafana W and Badashil looked rather lovely. Even Koulibaly and Cheek did relatively well. Kovacic looked like Kovacic again. And I thought Felix and Sterling worked well. Havertz ran his nuts off, but... Uh, Gallagher... Uh, lovely cameo um, and uh, we'll be kind of saying really rounding it all up by saying well does this really represent a reprieve for Potter Uh, and also a great day out not ruined by the football for a change and uh, we'll also tell you about the canners do last uh, that we had last night yesterday afternoon because it was great fun and I want to talk about that part three we will be previewing tomorrow night's Borussia Dortmund uh, match a uh, big 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 match my old uh, team selection will come to the fore is it advantage dormant can we score two goals if so how uh lose and the season is over but will it be over will Zavor be over for potter we shall see anyway that's part three so loads as always to get our teeth into and uh as ever don't forget you can listen to the show live every monday <laughs> i need to explain that for those of you watching in black and white as as we all know, whenever I say live, JK is supposed to chip in with his very poor Martin Tyler impersonation. And I kind of did see him, really. I cannot tell a lie. He had just taken a huge swig of some... Biz- what is it you're drinking? Uh, it's a banana protein drink. Right. OK, I'm glad I know that. He was he just tipped half of it down his throat when I looked at him. 
and you oh fuck so there you go anyway it was we, a bit gurgly wasn't it was it? it was it was so anyway you can listen to the show live every monday and friday Bye. at seven thirty p.m and uh, you can do that by going to chelsea-fancast.mixler.com uh, and if you do so you will join a lovely bunch of people uh who are there typing away having chats with each other uh commenting on the nonsense we talk about and uh the most of them tend to be uh in our discord group and uh our patreon group as well so they're lovely people now you can follow us on all the socials at chelsea fancast listen and subscribe on acast spotify apple and all good podcast platforms i almost leapt in with a, G- a jk fan bite i fail uh but uh no, I wouldn't do that. That's copyrighted by you. But anyway, if you do want to leave a review, either leave a very stinky one or leave a five-star one. There's no in-between. Uh, right, after this very short break, we will be talking about the football. last week you know this was a game we really did not want to lose and and of course friday jk we were all a bit sullen because we'd you know suddenly realized that uh you know mounted you know he's got a, a an abdomen issue james we knew wouldn't start and we are oh, for fuck's sake what's going to happen but i have to say you know credit where credit is due he clearly listens to the fan cast uh we were saying for fuck's sake play three at the back and he did. He played a three-four-three, and I don't think we were too far off, were we? You, I think it was you, because I didn't pick him in my my eleven. But Loftus Cheek, maybe it's Clayton who said, "Was it you?" Was it, was was you? Me. it was you. Me. So you got that bang on. Uh, you got the back three bang on. I think we all did that. Uh, and I think you got also you got the uh, the front three bang on. Although I said I said I didn't want Havertz to start, but he would start, and he did, and Sterling started too. So, to be fair to Potter, it's the side that we would have picked. And I've got to be honest, mate. You know, I mean, you're, I liked your fan bite too, by the way. I thought your fan bite absolutely nailed it. But they were all right first half. They were at it. They they looked the better side. They put some stuff together. But for fuck's sake, for fuck's sake, they cannot hit a cow's ass with a banjo. I think part of it, though, isn't it, is that he's not gearing them up for getting players into the penalty area. There aren't. They're not queuing up to put the ball in, are they? And I think as uh, even um, as Canner said yesterday uh, on his excellent uh, chat to the audience, it was a really fine evening. Um, um, you could tell that Sterling, Sterling before had been in the position of of pushing the ball back for Felix, who hit the bar. Um, that was that was a beautiful cutback, and uh, and actually the technique he had to hit that. I mean, it's great. Yeah, so great. unlucky he didn't score. Really, it would have been a superb goal. As as, as Paul was saying that. He'd been in that position before and looked up. There was nobody in the penalty area at all. And so that's why this time he actually cut it back because he was Felix was just on the edge in space on the edge of the penalty area. But this this inability to actually have people following stuff up into the penalty area is is bizarre. And just, you know, I'm, I'm more and more. Trying to go with the whole the process, as they all call it, but it's this whole business of seeing the same thing repeated each week that just drives around the twist. You're right. He he obviously is a first two thirds of the pitch. He needs to make it work 
there first of all but surely if as he keeps going on you know got to get the ball got to get the ball the back of the net got to get as he says in his press conferences um yes you do and they've got to score two tomorrow and uh um is that likely to happen well um you know um i won't get onto it but i'll get onto it a bit later but um uh the way things are going at the moment i i i i fear for the, the team's ability to score other than just walking it in or going in off somebody's backside but once again all the stuff we've been saying once again paul reiterated it shoot more and you're thinking well you know he, he's got a point hasn't he really i mean i i, I, I think, I think I, they're beginning to i i actually think that they are beginning to shoot more and i mean you know havertz should have scored and yeah, yeah, on yeah. another day you could argue that felix would have scored and i think this is half of their problem i mean I mean, I have to say, having said that, having been kind to them, I mean, Chilwell. I mean, I'm still not sure whether that was a, a cross or a or a, or a shot. But I mean, yes. much as I I loathe statistics, I mean, it's in black and white. Well, actually, it's in red and black from uh, Flash Flash Score. Bless their little hearts. But uh, oh my God, they've even got expected goals. Well, our, our expected goals are 1.67, so not really very good. And we had. 13 goal attempts, uh, three shots on goal and eight shots off goal. So, you know, you can't really say we're creating a huge amount in a game that actually we did dominate for a lot of. So oh. e even if Havertz and, and Felix put that away, I still don't think we're creating enough. Mark, what do you reckon? J.K. and I are about to, like, just melt, I think, into a morass of jelly <laughs> here. I, I, was, I was about to... Yeah, yeah, yeah go on then, Mark. Yeah. I, I, I think the most words... I used on Saturday during the game was shoot. I lost count in the number of times. I think I must have said that and pe people around me. But I think I, I take myself back to before the game and just seeing people before the game. And it's great to see so many you know, familiar faces before the game. And I think most people were saying we would take a set piece goal, we'd take a goal off someone's backside, we'd take a dodgy, we'd take anything to have a scrappy 1-0 win. We just we just had to win on Saturday. I don't think people were that fussed beforehand how we won, so long as we won. There was no way we could go into the Dortmund game on the back of a 0-0 draw or a loss. That would have been unforgivable. And I think it's then reflected by the goal being scored and winning the game, how people responded afterwards and the positive vibe. Well, the, the, but, the, the noise mark, the noise mark when that goal went in, I mean, yeah. I, I, my own reaction was rather weird. In fact, my entire game was rather weird, as I confessed to yeah. JK yesterday, because who should I find standing up at the back of Gate 17 but the dear old Darren Mantle? So I, I And, of course, I, I was four or five pints in by the time I got to the bridge. So I, I, I staggered up, up to the back and, and basically so pleased to see him. I basically spent the entire game talking to him and just kind of ignored most of it. Mm. But... Um, so I, 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 it was like I had a delayed reaction when it went in, probably because I'm so not used to seeing Chelsea score a goal. But the sound, the stadium went erupted. I mean, that's what it's about, isn't it? That's why we go to football. Yeah, that's why. That's why we go to football. Yeah, we go to football. In an ideal world, we'll see a great game of football, vis-a-vis -vis Everton a few years ago, five nil, Middlesbrough ninety-five six five nil, some of the seven nil wins under Ancelotti. But we go. To see our team win and our, our team won on Saturday. Does it cover up everything? No, it does not. But it was a win. And that was, I think, for the morale of the team, the morale of the manager, the morale of the club, and especially the morale of the supporters, we had to get that win over the line on Saturday. Yes, we're still a bit tippy tappy. 
far too many sideways passes still, but that's still still a challenge. You know, team getting to know each other. There's still new players on the side. And I know we're going to come to it. Far too many substitutions in the latter part of the game. But nonetheless, we should shoot more. I have to give a shout out to Sterling. I think he's making a difference. Back to where you started. He's still fat cow arse and banjo. Yeah, when it comes to his own, he finishing. never he's never been a goal scorer, mate. One, one in four, a, one been, in four. Yeah, exactly. Never been a goal scorer, but he was making things happen for the first sixty-five minutes. Felix making a difference on another day, and I know we'll have another day soon. That move and that shot by Felix would have gone in the top corner if that had gone in. If Havertz's chance had gone in as well, we'd have been two 0 to the good at half time, and I think it would have been floodgates in the second half. Because I don't know about you. They weren't dirty leads. They were they shit weren't even, leads. They weren't, they weren't even clean leads. Yeah, they didn't get a single player booked. Chelsea leads. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they, yeah, I remember the times when they had two players sent off and nine men booked. There wasn't a single leads player booked. Hardly a foul. They were very poor. They were. Other than, so, other than, other than Somerville, their player Somerville. The, the... And... I like Luke Ayling. I thought Luke Ayling and Chilwell yeah, and a very good battle. game, very good, very, game. very competitive very down yeah. down that side between them. Yeah, I like Luke Ayling as a footballer, not because he's a Chelsea fan, but that does help. And he comes from good stock. If you don't know who Luke Ayling's uncle is, it's Ray Lewington. Yeah, so he, he well, comes well, from a good well, Chelsea, really good Chelsea family. But well, I, I like so him. Somerville I like him as a footballer. Yeah, Somerville's a youth youth player for them who just really gets about, and it's the kind of thing you. It, it's the kind of youth progression into the first team that you, you really hope that we would have more of, mm. that kind of player who actually skips past people, isn't afraid of running at people. I was very impressed with him. But other than that, you're absolutely right. There was very little of uh, the getting-in-your-face stuff that they, they gave us when they beat us 3-0. There was none of the... And Aronson, who was playing, was just half the player. I was really surprised they didn't start off pressing us which they didn't. They sort of stood back a bit. We pressed a lot better in this game, but still we only press, we don't press up to the goalkeeper. We press up to a kind of just outside the half, which I don't quite get. Is it kind of half a press? What is it exactly? But we were much more committed in this game than maybe, we had. Maybe maybe it's a demi-press. Demi, oh, yes, that would be a lovely way to express and, it. And tactically, tactically as well, the, the one thing that worried me for large parts of the game, and this is not a dig at habits, I thought habits put a shift in on Saturday, what is the point of pumping the ball up in the air to Havertz? No. Yeah, when he's got, yeah, no, whether we call him Cock or Kosh, who was the number five for Leeds, he must have won every had uh, every header against Havertz on Saturday. Yeah. There's no point pumping the ball in the air unless you've got a big target man number nine, which and we don't isn't. have that. Which he is, and he isn't that. He but isn't that player. We did score a header. That's the most remarkable thing. Good old Fafana W, who we'll talk more about in part two. Um, it was a joy to see, and and I I mean you know because it's a massively important part of the game, and I, I'm I'm going to read you this bit from the Athletic Boys. See what you think about this. I couldn't believe it when I read it. Right, one of the many uh, this is from the Athletic. One of the many problems Potter and his staff have to solve defensive corners are one. Sorry, of the many problems that Potter and his staff have to solve defensive corners are one. This season, only Aston Villa eight and Bournemouth eleven have conceded more goals from corners in the Premier League than Chelsea seven which is the same number they conceded in the past two seasons combined. Since 2006-17, Chelsea have conceded more than six goals from corners in the Premier League only once before this season. 
On average, they're also conceding higher quality chances from corners. Potter's side have the fifth worst record in terms of expected goals conceded per 100 corners in the league this season, after Crystal Palace, Leeds, Everton and Man United. The seven goals Chelsea conceded from corners this season, this was after the, he wrote this after the Spurs game, so it was very pertinent then, have directly led to them losing eight points. Eight points. And their poor record in terms of attacking corners hasn't helped either. They've scored only three goals, now four, from corners in the Premier League this season and have the third least XG from corners, 2.78. This isn't due to the shortage of corners. Chelsea have accumulated 133 corners this season, but rather the quality of chances created from them. On average, Chelsea are creating the worst chances from corners in the league. And when compared to previous seasons, the current tally of three goals is appalling. The lowest number of goals Chelsea have scored from corners in a Premier League season since 2017-18 is five in Antonio Conte's second season at the club when they finished fifth in the league. The importance of corners in the Premier League cannot be overstated. Most, if not all, clubs work on their corner routines and it's showing in the numbers. Since 2016-17, this season is the highest in terms of the share of goals scored from corners in the league, 15.6%, and goals scored per 100 corners, 4.07. I mean, it is quite... I think it's quite frightening. We've moaned about it for years, that we can't ever beat the first man, but goals conceded. Um, it was 10 in 2019-20, which was, of course, you know, kind of Frank's Annus Horribles as far as... Uh, defending was concerned. We got Anthony Barry in to sort that out, and it, which he did. Tuchel comes along, it goes down to five, and it was down to two last season. This season, it's already up to seven. In terms of scoring from corners, uh, it was 13 in 2016-17. Um, it was 10 in 2021, so that was under Tuchel. It was eight last season, and as they were saying, it's only three now. And in terms of teams... Uh, XG per 100 corners. We are below Wolves, Leicester, Southampton and Villa. Um, it was really quite frightening, JK, to see statistically what you and I and everybody who's on this show have been saying for absolutely donkeys. But it's a fundamentally important part of the game to the extent that we knew Frank had a problem with it and Anthony Barry came in and appeared to have sorted it out. And I have to say, and I'm not trying to just deliberately kick Potter with this, but it is the kind of thing that you expect a manager to sort out both at both ends it's an opportunity to score and they win a game particularly if none of your strikers can score and of course you can stay in a game by not conceding stupid uh, goals from corners so I would expect the manager to be sorting that out like like Frank had to do with Anthony Barry and like Tuchel did why isn't it happening I think it's damning Chidge personally I think his whole application of the way the team play with set pieces is appalling I think the very fact that, that whoever he got taking the, the corner hit the first man for a period. I mean, even poor old Connor, who we thought, surely he even he can't do that. He got a couple of decent ones in and then from then on started hitting the first man. I, it, all these things just constantly make me worry. What do they do in training? I just I, I am I'm constantly bemused by things that we see as being obviously required and nothing happens with. This has always been my contention if we know that they can't take corners and getting a goal from a corner in the past was always something that happened pretty often why hasn't it been worked on i mean i have to say that watching um 
Fofana score made me think, well, perhaps they haven't had anybody who's been particularly committed to going for the ball in the same way because he went for it really athletically. It was one of those goals you think he wanted that goal. He wanted that ball. And he'd already done it earlier. You think, all right, he's got the right attitude. Perhaps he just is the end of the edge of the penalty area has a free run. Nobody holds him back. He gets in there and heads it really excellently athletic. It was an excellent header and an excellent goal. But there needs to be that commitment at every corner. Because Chile was putting all of those in all the time. Chile was taking the best corner. I thought Chile was absolutely um, terrific on Saturday, considering it was the best he's come back from and he's still not 100% fit. He had the space, but he used it well, putting the crosses in. I thought he was, and they they left him alone at their peril. But he still, as you say, Chid, worked very well with Felix. Can I just quickly go off the subject briefly? I noticed on social media, there are a lot of people trying to, to, to make out that Felix is as bad as Mount. We're getting Felix haters on there, and I'm I'm uh, I'm not saying that Mount is bad. I mean, in their minds, they're saying that he's he doesn't uh, doesn't um, uh, uh, commit anything to the club. Yeah, he doesn't have caveat. I, none of them are yeah. Chelsea supporters, and B, they hate all of our players. Indeed, indeed, there is that. But it just seems there's a kind of dribble. I even found that because I I I um, bigged him up in the fan bite. I thought I mean I, I I'm an admirer of skill. I'm an admirer of skillful players. I've loved are skillful players of the past. And um, Felix, to me, is uh, is a terrific player with lovely little moments where he he does something that is out of the ordinary, like flicks it back or does a back heel or gets in, gets in, in between two players and creates something. And I love that. And I think he did a lot of that in the first, up until, as you said, Mark, up until 65 minutes when he was taken off. And I thought he had a terrific game. And... Um, um, particularly in the first 45. So I was disturbed to find um, uh, aggressive remarks to me about the fan bite on, uh, on, um, on Twitter. And I, uh, you know, on a couple of occasions, I, I put, I've actually felt he's good, blah, blah, blah. But I even mentioned this, I, put my, I said, and you helped me yesterday, put my, we, we asked people at the, uh, the, at the Paul Calliville thing, did they think he was a good player? And everybody put their, put their hands up which was great. So, you know, because I, I said, I thought to myself, am I watching a wrong game here? Have I somehow missed something? Did he disappear? But no, he contributes an enormous amount. Did some lovely little moves with Chilwell. I, I, that's why I was talking about him. They actually work very well together indeed. And and I love that. And so you can see little foundations of relationships being created. Um, but um, uh, getting back to corners, um, if, if Chile is there to take all the set pieces and they work on them, it's a source of goals. We all know that. And the other aspect of it, Judge, as you've said, that offensively, um, surely they work that out. What is I mean, Anthony Barry's still there. Surely they should be working on this. This is ridiculous having all these goals scored against. What is it? Particularly when you've got Silver there. I mean, you know, Silver is 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 a rock. Obviously, he's not going to be playing for the next few weeks because he's injured. But um uh, the, the, it, it doesn't take that much to. It's not as if Chile takes wonderful corners all the time. They just they're in. They're not hitting the first man, and they're in the penalty area, and they're dipping a bit. And great, you're giving an opportunity. And it, and the other thing is, if if there is a decent corner, the other aspect of it, if it's then nutted out by one of them, you've got to have somebody decent on the end of the box who can get the ball back in again. Which. Um, I think we now are beginning to get because Kovacic scored one of those like that last year, but otherwise we've not seen any shots from ever seen any results from him. We've got some decent ball players actually getting the ball back, back into the box with a shot. And even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't score, 
at least it gets back into the box and somebody can flick it or it hits somebody. Once again, it's another shot. So there are twofold reasons for a corner being uh, a good corner being necessary. Not only can somebody get it in the net or it doesn't, it comes out, somebody gets it back in again at speed. So it, it's a mystery to me why these absolutely essential aspects of, of um, the game aren't being Oh, well, I'm not practiced is wrong. Apparently, they obviously must practice them. Why aren't we being any good at them? Also, just my last thing about this, this one, this area just outside the penalty area, about 20 yards outside the penalty area. Every other team, if they get a free kick, treats that as a danger, as an opportunity for a goal, an opportunity, the set piece. They will. They've obviously practiced it. Float the ball in. Somebody has a header from it. We have never, ever done that. We always just seem to pass it sideways and nothing happens with it. It either goes back to the goalie or goes back with nothing. It's passed to the winger. Whereas every other team treats it as a, as a big opportunity to put pressure on the opponent. So once again, we're still not doing that. And I don't get that as well. So for me, that's just another way of saying that I don't really think that he's up to it. Okay. Mark, what do you say? <laughs> Sorry about oh, that. Sorry, no, I went fine, off on one. Sorry. No, no, I, no, we I, love I, it when you do, mate. You uh, know that. Uh, my, my my immediate thoughts when I was reading the preview notes, listen to back uh, when I am listening in on many many shows down the years, all the XG stuff. We've always sort of thought it was a load of arse gravy, uh, but obviously reading some of that, it does make sort of like very sort of shocking reading how bad we are at corners, both taking them and, and, and conceiving them. Yeah, that is, that is that is quite remarkable. I take I take the positive from Saturday. Yeah, I take the positive in as much as um, Farnes back in the team, he could have scored two goals from headers. And I agree with JK. Chilwell's corners were much better on Saturday, but they've got to be better than they were if those stats bear out. Because if we're conceding that many goals and not converting chances from corners, is it something to do with the height in our team? I'd love to make. I wonder a if it's. Cons- I wonder if it's consistency, Mark. You know, at the back, particularly for our defending corners, if you're if you're playing with different people in the in the in the defence all the time and different personnel on the team all the time, because I mean, you know, most teams. I would just go back to the the, the great Mark One Mourinho side, for example. Mm-hmm. You'd had JT in there, Ricky Carvalho as your central defenders. Drogba would always defend on the on the near post and usually mm-hmm. head it away. Everybody knew what their role was because you was. I mean, I know they didn't play the same team every week, but you know the majority of the team didn't change. Whereas the majority of the team this season has been changing all the time. Can't help. That's a good point. Yeah, we do chop and change far too much. We probably uh, are, shall we say, tinkering more than Ranieri would tink. And that, yeah, what I was going to say is, I wouldn't mind comparing it at the ninety four ninety five period because that was probably one of the smallest sides we had. Um, we had the likes of Steen, we had the likes of Spencer, Burley, Hopkins, Wise, Rowcastle, Peacock. They weren't big players. But I, I can't remember how many corners we got back then and how many goals we conceded. But it does, reading that, look like a worrying, worrying trend. But as I said, I cling to the positive. I'm, I am in a bit of a positive frame of mind tonight. We were taking good corners on Saturday. We scored from a corner. The final looked dangerous from corners we just have to be much more consistent because you're absolutely right to stop goals but more importantly is an opportunity to score goals and as I said earlier before the game I saw a corner of set piece is probably one of the only ways we were going to score on our current current run of form so let's build on that and actually and as we've always said 
We're not at the training ground. We don't know what goes on, but you'd have to assume they look at XG more than we do. They must be working on this and trying to improve that because that is that is not a good statistic. And then secondly, on JK's point about the, the Felix thing, that is our grade really at the end of the day. And I didn't see that and I probably had, I wouldn't have paid any attention to it. He's a very good player. My only, and this is a criticism, my only observation about him is after about 65 minutes, he does tend to tire and that coincides with substitution. But pa- apparently, himself. Mark, apparently, Mark, he used to be the same at Atletico. He quite yeah. often gets He sunk. runs himself. Yeah. He runs himself into the ground for that first hour. He's a very good footballer. He links well with Chilwell on Saturday. He was linking well with Havertz. He linked well with Sterling. And even go back to when he made his debut before he unfortunately was sent off. He was linking well with Havertz and Mount doing really good triangles that night. He's a good footballer. Yeah, a good and I player. said, and as I said, another day, yeah, we've had a lot of bad luck this season. That chance in the first half would have gone in the net and that would have been a tremendous goal. And it could have been a much more different game. And then we weren't in that ridiculous situation that 15 minutes ago, we went three six one. No, definitely. Is... Well, well, we'll talk about the three six one in a minute because I want to talk about this other thing that got people hot under the collar. Yeah, I don't know about you, lot. I mean, I was a bit pissed on Saturday, to be fair. So I don't take too much encouragement when I've had a few beers. It has to be said. But I, I thought it was hilarious that we were all singing, "We've scored a goal after we scored a goal." Uh, and the reason I thought it was hilarious is because Chelsea has a long, long-standing tradition of a gallo sense of humour. Uh, I didn't even occur to me that it was a championship thing to do. In fact, I tried to get a, start, a chart, chance started if we are staying up, you know, which is definitely a championship thing to do. Uh, that one didn't take, but uh, I wasn't as committed to it as I quite often am. So I thought it was just a bit of a laugh. So to see some people that I know very well and who are great friends and, and who shit on me as, as far as being Chelsea supporters concerned, being a bit sniffy about it, I was a bit, huh, really? Do you know what came to my mind, Mark? Um, I don't know if you were there or not, um, but uh, I'll find out. I couldn't. Rem- I did ask J.K. this yesterday, but I've forgotten already. But um, I, I rem- look Rotherham away. Were you at Rotherham away? Yes, you were. Yeah, we, made, we made a joke. We made a joke about it the other night. Yeah, the the Rotherham away. There was only about eight thousand on the ground, but probably thirty thousand claims to have been there. Yes, I was at the sixth of Rotherham away. If you've ever read my columns in CFC UK and read any of my books, I've written about Rotherham away. Right. Well, okay. I, I, I've never asked you about this, but I remember talking to good old Kingy, Martin King, uh, when we were doing all those Chelsea specials. And he was there, and I talked to him about it at length. And I'm absolutely bloody sure that he said to me that when we were six down, the crowd was saying, we want seven. We want seven. But there was a... Yep. L- uh, yeah, is that true? Yep. And also, I'll take you back even further when we played Nottingham Forest in 1979 and they spanked us 6-0 and they were 6-0 up after an hour and then John Sitton went off and we played the last half hour at 10 men, the fans were singing, we want five, we want 6.7. It's humour. Yeah. I, I always think some of Chelsea's songs down the years have got a, a strong element of humour attached to them. So, uh, yes, people might say it's a big championship, but for crying out loud, the last few weeks what we've endured to celebrate a goal and make a joke about it. Oh, yeah, come on, lighten up, people. It's completely satirical. Completely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's never any doubt of that. So I don't know what people are, you know, is this, where's this coming from? Is oh, this coming I, from I'm, I'm gonna, down the other side I, of the I, world? I'm not, no, no, it, it's not. It's people that I know, you know, 
Mark know very well. Lovely people. Some of my favourite people at Chelsea who, who I respect without question. And as I said, they shit on me in terms of their Chelsea support. I was really, I was really taken aback. Because I just took it for what it was. It was a bit of bit of gallows humour, a bit of a laugh. Because we've, fuck's sake, you know, I've seen two goals at Stamford Bridge uh, this year. You know, it's not. You know, I think we'd. And also, as I said, I think my point, which is the one I, I'm so glad we got Mark on tonight, and I couldn't remember whether he'd been to Rotherham or not. I certainly remember Martin King saying that the fans were absolutely taking the piss out of the side and and the situation. In other words, Chelsea have always done this. We've always had a great gallows humour. So it seemed to me to be antithetical to be having a pop at what happened on Saturday when they were probably doing much the same thing 30 years ago, 40, 40 years ago. I can remember us singing, we're not very good. Yeah. We've done that, haven't we, Mark? We've done that before. We're not very good. We're not very good. And and again, when uh, opposing fans, when we've had those relegation seasons, have been singing to us, you're going down. Yeah, you know, there's been occasions where we sang, we are going down. You've got, you've got, you've got to have a bit of a sense of humour as a football fan. Yeah, but I think people take things far too seriously, and I think our favourite friend, social media, is partly to blame for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, people, people, people enjoyed that win. People enjoyed the goal. They made a bit of fun out of it, and I know we'll probably come to it in the second part of the show. The buzz after the game, bearing in mind we scraped that one nil win we talked about beforehand, was tremendous. Yeah. In the pubs after the game. Yeah, and that's why you go to football. Definitely, right. Now, uh, moving on to uh, what I definitely think was a bit championship. Um, and I said this to Darren. I mean, I was convinced. I mean, I'm such a pessimist at the moment. I was. I said I said to Darren, all, all, all after, you know, for the, the last 30, 40 minutes, I said, mate, they'll score in the last minute. They'll score in the... I mean, you know they're going to score in the last minute. And I wasn't saying it just because I had 1-1 in the print predictions. I said they're going to score in the last minute. Now, thankfully, they didn't. Um, but uh, Potter kind of made sure of that, really. And I, and I did say to Darren at the time, I said, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea what the shape is. We thought it was 3-6-1. It was overloaded with midfield players. And he was clearly trying to close the game down. Um, and it just smacked a bit of, of, of desperation, really. I mean, that's, that is the kind of thing a, a, a championship side would do if they were away to Chelsea in the FA Cup and they were 1-0 up with half an hour to go. Uh, and i tell you the other interesting thing about this, JK. What, what I've been thinking about it since then. Um, I mean, obviously, as I said, I don't think we're good enough to do that. And, of course, the minute we, we, we started to defend deep, that it just invited leads on and that scared the shit out of me. But the other thing that I thought was interesting about this was that up till now, we've seen something of a Chelsea manager that we haven't seen for years and that's somebody who's who's who has who, who who manages the side without fear. In other words, he's so convinced he's not going to get fired, like the resting of Reese James the other week, or the resting of the injured players. Oh, it doesn't matter because if we lose, I'm still here. And actually, and I, I have to say, I'm I'm all for protecting some players from injury if they're really important. And I didn't have an issue with that at the time. But this was different. This did look like a chap who just was so desperate to get that win and perhaps because his job might have been on the line. Um, it's, it's a sort of tricky one, isn't it, really? I mean, let's be honest, it was hopeless. It was completely hopeless. It was completely... It, it, to do it in the 65th minute, I just thought was absurd. When you're when you're all when you're on top and all over a team, and you then make choices that are um, 
knowing as we all it's actually it was it was it was Ranieri-esque actually for me it was the kind of thing that he would do when we were one nil up and he would take Zola off with at 70 minutes and even though we were playing very well he was never if we'd been two nil up I could have absolutely got it and that's the kind of thing Mourinho would have done but two nil up Mourinho would have put the game to bed I mean then, do you think he, he might have been saving him for Dortmund maybe to be kind that's that's his excuse that's his his his, his um you know I keep using the expression get out of jail free car but I think that that that's his that's his always his you're always going to look at that and think all right he doesn't want pick players to get injured and Dortmund is the most important. Um, though, if you listen to his press conference today, you'd think that we it was a privilege having got into the last 16, the way he keeps talking about Chelsea. Save, save than, that for later because I'm going to go off on that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But once again, um, but I, I, I just found the... It was not only the decision to bring all the midfield players on, he then cocked it up completely by bringing on Mandweke later on, which made no sense at all. I don't know what he'd seen. Suddenly, then you bring a winger on. OK, but um, uh, poor old Connor, who I'm beginning to suspect he doesn't actually know what on earth to do with, um, displayed a Mickey Thomas-esque kind of effort on that wonderful moment, which people have videoed, when he actually got the ball, when you everybody had given up on it, and he got it and kept it in, beat the player, um, Somebody did a back heel to him and he got a shot in. And you thought, if please, can somebody use, can, can, can a manager who isn't Potter find a way of making Connor work? Because Connor is the epitome of everything I love about a Chelsea player who makes an effort. It was, as I say, it was, it was Mickey Thomas all over again, Mickey trying to head the ball from, from a prone position all those years ago when he'd fallen over and he'd have been running back, backwards and forwards after everybody. And, I, and I, you love the commitment in a player. But he then, Connor then, having got the ball, then took it into the corner flag a few minutes later. And you thought, there's about 10 minutes to go. What is, what, in, men, in, from a mentality point of view, you thought, all right, they've been given, they've been given the direction to, to not lose this game. But you're doing everything that makes me think they're going to score. And one of the major problems they had was that because Loftus-Cheek was playing um, left winger, left left wing back. He was excellent the first half right coming. Wing back. Oh, right wing back. I'm sorry, right wing back. He was, he was um, from where I, yeah, I was thinking, of, my mind was going, right, right wing back. Um, he was bombing along. He kept getting done when in, in, in that period when we were defending, because he's not a fullback. He kept being bypassed. And he just thought, why have you kept him on of all the players? Could we, well, I suppose he'd done all the substitutions and he, that it was a kind of midfield he did, block. He, he, did, he did take him off. When did he take him off? Just towards the end, but he didn't take him off. It was only towards the end, though. He, that's when he brought 80, him in. 84 minutes. Yeah. That's right, 84 minutes. But, but, but up until then, so they were actually beginning to get much more in the game anyway. But so everybody was getting, it, it was, I mean, we've experienced it before, haven't we, where we've failed to, to uh, defend and in that situation and the, op and the opponents have scored. And when, when uh, Chile gave away that corner, I, like you, was absolutely convinced the ball was going to end up in the net. And we were just fortunate he didn't. But even then, at the end, when the goalkeeper had come up and, and Kepa had the ball, he could have rolled it up. And, uh, and uh, because they were all up there and the goalkeeper, somebody could have had a shot on goal. But nobody did because there's no goalie there. You thought they are so tuned in to not losing this game. All right, it's a positive. But I, it made me feel that there was a complete lack of confidence in the squad in that instance. Well, maybe, which maybe given, yeah, you know. exactly that. I mean, you know, maybe we're being a bit harsh because, you know, if we were in the same boat, 
we've we've been on the end of a fucking abysmal run, haven't we, Mark? Uh, we know how much football is a confidence game. You know, their confidence is hanging out of their arse at the moment because they can't pick up a win for love nor money. This is Leeds, you know. Let's assume for the sake of argument they do understand that it's important to beat them because they're a rival, a historic rival. Then it's a game you cannot lose. They're in a position where they're 1-0 up and they could win the game. It becomes massively important that they win it because it's Leeds, because it's at home, and also because a, a win is a win is a win, like I said in the introduction. And a win will breed some confidence. They will go home this weekend thinking, well, we fucking won a game. Thank fuck for that. You know, so I mean, maybe we're being a bit harsh because actually psychologically winning that game of football was massive. And you said it a minute ago, and you're absolutely right. Everybody in the pubs afterwards were buzzing. You know, there was no more talk of, you know, misery and no can't score and everybody moaning. It was like, let's get drunk and celebrate it. You know, we won a game for fuck's sake. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we don't know. We don't know the motivation. And I didn't listen to the press conference. I know we're going to talk about it later. Perhaps if you'd come out and said, I did what I did because. Assumptions. Yes, we talked about it in the pub. Was it resting players for tomorrow night? Was it? We just got to get this over line. We don't know. It was bizarre. I think on another day, some of those substitutions would have been the right substitutions, but some of them were the right substitutions with the wrong players. It just. <laughs> it, he was it playing was, all was, the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. Very good description. <laughs> and, and again, I'll give an example. As I said earlier, Felix has often tired after about 65 minutes. So if it taken Felix off at 65 minutes to keep him for Tuesday night, that would probably made a bit of sense. But he took Felix and Sterling off, which made no sense because we're 1-0 up against a really poor lead side and we've just taken off two of our most attacking players. So rest Felix by all means. Two of the best players, Mark. They've been playing the and, best. And, and, yeah, and two of the best players as well. So rest Felix by all means, but keep Sterling on the pitch because Sterling was playing well. Banjos and fat, fat cows, nonetheless. But f- he was making things happen. So we, we park them. Then he brings on Connor and Zakaria. And again, that doesn't make any kind of sense because the next substitution was cover. Now, if you'd taken cover off, you would have taken Zakaria as a direct replacement for cover. That would have made sense. But he brings Carney on, which made absolutely no bloody sense. And then to cap it all then, JK's absolutely right. And I, I defended... Ruben in the pub afterwards because people were having a bit of a go. Ruben does a job. He's not a right wing back. Absolutely. He's a versatile player. And I thought under the circumstances. He did very well in the first half, Mark. Really good. Spot on. He did really well in the first half. And he was exposed because they took Sterling off. So the cover wasn't there. And this is not a criticism of Connor. Connor, you know, runs around, you know, but. So Ruben gets more exposed. So if you were going to take Ruben off, you'd have taken him off maybe at 65 minutes because he did he did a job, an absolute job. And then you should have brought Trevor Chalabot on at 65 minutes. And the nonny coming on just made absolutely no sense whatsoever. So some of those substitutions were sensible, but all in the wrong order. It just, you know, and that just... And then the, the downside of that, so whilst I can see what he's trying to do, if he's saving players for tomorrow and making sure we beat Leeds, it has an impact on the crowd and you make the crowd nervous. At a time up till 65 minutes, 
There was a buzz around the ground. We were one nil up. We were making humorous same, songs. Yep. Yeah, other, other stands were up singing. They don't normally sing. It was tremendous on Saturday. Those substitutions created the wrong kind of atmosphere going into the latter part of the game. And there is no way, of God's green earth, Leeds should have been allowed to get back in that game. We should have put the put them to the sword. What I love about it was, was there was an audible buzz around the crowd when he made those substitutions. Yeah. Audible. There were everybody was going, "What, what the, the fuck is he doing?" I was yeah. I was too busy talking to Darren, mate. Sorry. Notice. <laughs> well, that was part of the buzz, Chidge. That was. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but no, it was it was remarkable how all around me, as yeah, one, yeah. everybody turned to each other and went. What is going on? And you could hear it. You could hear this this murmur from everybody. It was it was it, it was inexplicable what he was doing. Absolutely right, Mark. It was the Sterling Sterling and Felix were the the two that were making it happen, and he took them off and yeah. put on two sub. We're trying to make. We're not thick in the crowd, you know. We're not. We're what? We're not going. Oh, he's made a sub. We have to back him with, with everything. We're going. How does this work? What's going on? We, we're 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 that advanced as fans. Sorry, Potter. Sorry, Graham. But you know we can see when you're being a dick. I <laughs> know, oh, no, 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 no. JK, that's harsh. That's harsh. That's harsh. I don't, I don't. I think you're being a dick, and I think back to probably where it's a combination <laughs> of both. Is we had to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, had, we had to win that yeah. game, and there was a bit of that, a whole bit of that confidence. Yeah, you know, he just doing whatever he had to make sure we didn't. I get lose that. that. I get that. I, I, I get yeah. that. But yeah, and get don't get me wrong. Zakaria, I like Zakaria as a player. Bring him on for cover. Yeah. yeah. Do, yeah, do yeah, like yeah, for yeah. like substitution. I'm sorry, it was Mark, all yeah. in the wrong. It was all mixed up in the wrong order. Yeah. The, the argument, Mark, you're making is is that he is a little bit dick-like. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Time out. No more dicks. Okay, We're, that's it with the dicks. Okay. Listen, we got to go. We got to go for a break anyway. We've got loads more to talk about. Before we do, um, well, I mean, at this juncture, I would, uh, I would, uh, I would go for a bit of a plug for the old. Well, I've renamed it, Mark. Actually, I'm now calling it the big. When I'm on the show and I'm plugging it, I call it the big Stanford Chidge Sleepout. Uh, for... well, what about the big, the big Stanford Mark Meehan Sleepout? Well, yeah. you know, because it doesn't yeah. rhyme, mate. You see, that's that's why. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it's the twenty, it's the twenty fifth of March, Saturday, the twenty fifth of March. As you know, uh, I shall be going, and uh, I, I just wanted—I'm not going to do the role of honour again, but I've had more people donate to me. Uh, Russell did too, actually, bless his heart, and uh, I think it's Andrew Golds, Goldstein—I can't remember—but I will do the role of honour on Friday, I promise, because you've all been so fucking fantastically generous. I am humbled beyond belief, humbled beyond belief. I'm sure it's—they're just donating so that i don't do a uh the, the, the you know the tales from the shed really but i, could be oh, right. I think they're donating that you do do tales oh, okay I'm, be, I, I'm being a bit <laughs> humble um but i mean as it happens apart from from plugging you know please sponsor me please sponsor me please sponsor me as luck would have it not only do we have as uh, jk alluded to the grand fromage of the chelsea supporters trust he is in fact the chairman the the hang on one two three the fourth chairman so far Number three, we should all get like little uh, badges or something, Mark. You know, like ex-presidents. You know, or, like maybe we should go, get a Didier Drogba type ring. You know, or, you? or a, gold, a gold star. We should no, we should have a we should have a gold supporters trust badge. It's a fucking yeah. great idea. I might finance you, that. Can we not call you emeritus? Because that's what they what, call me. Or anybody who's been an ex yeah. ex champ. So that is your title. You're yeah. emeritus, emeritus Chidge. Well, there you go. Tim rolls with the first, uh, then yeah. me. Emeritus Tim. 
then me, then Cliff, and now it's Mark. So we've got the Grand... Should, hang on. He should be Emeritus Sausage, shouldn't he? He should, really, shouldn't he? Anyway, uh, Mark is the chairman of the Supporters Trust, uh, so we're very honoured to have him here. He's also the guy, the brains behind the sleep out. He's, of course, the brains behind the come along and sing this song, but there's nothing that Mark does not do. He is... Nothing. He is... You think you lot work hard on Discord and Mixler. Mark is 24-7 Chelsea, so there we... And he still has time to go to gigs, mate. But anyway, Mark, what's the latest on the sleep out? You know better than me, that's for sure. Uh, nine grand so far. So thanks, everybody, for supporting Chidge and supporting everybody else. It's going to be probably the biggest attendance we've ever had on the previous years that we've done that. When we had the conversation with Chelsea, we said up to 100 people we'd hope to come and sleep out on the 25th of March. If you're not yet done so but planning to, get in quick because we think we'll shut the doors at 150 people. So over 100 people have sort of registered so far. 50 of them have actually set accounts up. If you don't know, check on Support's website. So it's been a really incredible response. Have to say how supportive Chelsea have been. If people haven't seen, and I'm not on social media, because as we said earlier, a lot of it is arse gravy, but Chelsea very kindly arranged for first the first team at Cobham to promote the sleep out with the supporters trust sleep out banner and then last week the chelsea women's team at their training session promote the sleep out so we've, we've had both teams and i think hopefully tomorrow fingers crossed um we might even have the academy and the youth team promoting the event as well so we're going to all parts of the club as well this is really important chelsea have really got involved i have to give thanks to cat smith at chelsea football club she has been very supportive of this and other people within the club so Again, thanks to everybody listening who is either taking part or is sponsoring someone. You're making a real difference to the Stoll Foundation, and it is really appreciated. This could be our best year ever. And also adds my next thing to work on. A few sleep people. Uh, I'll probably now be contacting former players, a bit like Chidge, to put videos together as we've done in previous years, all lending their support for as a worthy cause. And if you want to sponsor me, you can do so as well, and I really would appreciate it. There we go, yeah. Um, Mark, Mark usually does better than me, so. Uh, but please sponsor him if you're not going to sponsor me, that's for sure. Uh, if okay, you... I'll sponsor you, Chidgen, if you, in order to get up with Mark. Well, I, I don't know how he's doing, actually. It would be impolite I... to ask, wouldn't it, really? No, it's, it's it's fine. Because I've been focused on all these other things, I need to get my act together and start sort of chivying people along to sponsor me. So I've been a bit a bit slow out of the block so far. But if he's listening in, Mr. Worrell has sponsored me. So a big thanks to Marco. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm doing all right. I, I set a provisional target of 500 and I've passed that. So I'm happy. Nice one. Yeah. So there you go. So you've all been fucking lovely, as I said. Some of you have been ridiculously generous. And I'm, I'm tr- I am, honestly, I, I mean, JK can see this is my humble face, isn't it, JK? Uh, can't really tell, Chidge. That's better. That's better. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> The first face was just your face. <laughs> well, I am humble. That's the thing, anyway. That. Just naturally humble, second mate. Face, second face was great. Second face was like a kind of bloodhound. I loved it. Okay, right. There we go. I tell you, I'm so tired at the moment. I feel like a fucking bloodhound. Anyway, uh, to sponsor me and help the Stoll Foundation, very deserving people. Um, they're our next-door neighbours. They they look after veterans who've got mental health issues or who are homeless, got uh, health problems as well. Justgiving.com, fun, uh, sorry, justgiving.com, forward slash fundraising forward slash david hyphen chidgy one i thank you all away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home 
The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Football Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Part 2. I am Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined by the wonderful, mellifluous Jonathan Kidd. Hello. The Duke of Kidd. Duke of Kid, Duke, 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 Duke of Kid, 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 Duke of Kid. Thank you. And also, we have the absolute, the Grand Fromage, as we keep calling him, or the Grand Fromage, even, of the Chelsea Supporters Trust and everything else that's important at Chelsea, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. Thank you very much for listening in on a Monday evening. Yes, Mark's normally in uh, Mixler, actually. He's, I've, I've noticed this. He's very, very good in there. What I like particularly about Mark is he answers the questions that I ask into the ether. You know, and he also corrects us when we're wrong, J.K. He's, he provides he provides a vital service in Mixler. So in that we, Mixler. Yes, because you're talking about in the end of part one, we were talking about Potter being a dick. What we underestimate underestimates how much of dicks we are when we get things wrong. And dear old Mark's in Mixler correcting it and stopping us looking like dicks. Did you know yeah, that? I, I'm sort of happy to be a dick. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think we're paid to be dicks. Really, it's just kind of slightly different. Really, isn't it? There's no payment. And, okay, and we, do, we do it for pay... free. We do it volu- we're vol- so... voluntary dicks. Okay. Yeah. And, and sometimes you pay absolutely no attention to me whatsoever. Oh, but I do look. I just don't say anything, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should talk more about the football. And why not? Chelsea won a bloody game. There's lots to talk about that's happy and positive today. Positive potterness. I can't be happy, Chidge. I can't be happy about us winning. Yeah, but you, you yes, look... you can. Yeah, but you're, happy. you're less sad. That's kind of a, an improvement. Okay, you're less miserable. That's an improvement. Is that, is that better? Have I been miserable recently? You look, you look like Terry Thomas chewing a wasp, mate. Absolutely. Do you know what? Talking of Terry Thomas, mate, I shall be drinking. I shall be drinking in the pub next Sunday at this kind of time. No, actually, I'll be in the Albert Hall by then. Uh, I shall be drinking in a pub opposite where Terry Thomas used to live in London. 
Where did he live, Judge? He lived near the Albert Hall, mate. Did he really? He in those mansions? He did. What an absolute stinker. Absolute stinker. <laughs> what were they called, those mansions? They're all mansions. I can't remember. He no, did. No, it was a muse house. He lived in a muse house. Did he? I must go and have a look. I shall take a photograph for you. Is there a plaque? There is. Last time I saw a band at the Albert Hall, I took a photograph and I sent it to you. You've completely forgotten, haven't you? Well, and you are? You're an absolute shower, J.K. I'm a shower, I admit it. Anyway, moving on. Right, we should talk about some of the players what don't normally get a mention, actually. Um, and uh, I'm going to start with the, with the flaming obvious. I mean, I didn't mention Chilwell in here because I think Chilwell is brilliant. And I think that... You know, JK's been talking about Kante maybe saving our season. I actually think that if we have Chilwell and James back together and we're playing three at the back and four or five midfield to accommodate wingbacks, then we might start seeing Chelsea look like Chelsea again because I think it's Chilwell and James, boys and girls, that makes the difference. But I'm not going to talk about Chile because I'll be here all night telling you how much I love the wing commander. But uh, um, Fafana W and Badia Shiel, what a, what they look good. I mean, even Koulibaly looked quite good on uh, Saturday. Uh, and uh, it just occurs to me, I mean, poor old Fafana, we don't really know much about him because, of course, he got injured so quickly and he's only really just come back. But I thought he looked immense. I really, really do. I, I'm, I love Badashiel too. I mean, I'm just thinking they could be the future of our defence, these two, for years to come. What was really interesting, JK, was I, I actually, amazingly enough, um, considering how pissed I was, uh, and how late I was and how many trains I missed. I did get home. This is largely how shit Chelsea are now. You can get home pissed late from the match and live in Winchester and still get in time to watch them on match of the day. So <laughs> I actually managed to see it, see it, you know, see it on match of the day. And Lineker said something interesting afterwards. He said, this player is a real gem. Chelsea have got a hell of a player here. And he would know because he's, he's a Leicester fan. He'd say he, that. he would know. And I was thinking, you know what, Gaza, you may well be right here. I thought he was excellent, mate. I mean, not just because he scored, but he, he he looks a good defender. He's got pace to burn. He brings the ball out of the back. He goes forward. He's like a mini silver, like a younger version, maybe. Uh, I didn't think he had a first great first 15 minutes, actually. I thought he's a bit out of position, but I, I thought he just improved. He just got better and better. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think one can look at those the, the, with um, Badia Shield and... Uh, and it's 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 not Badia Shile, by the way, boys on London is blue. It's Badia Shiel. Um I listened to the podcast actually. It's, oh, which uh, one? Which one? To the one they just did from the hotel. Oh right, uh, they, they did one from the hotel. So this was like the one on the game, not not the one from the classic football shirts. Oh, the one on the game. One on the game. Any good? Um, uh, be careful what you say here. Yeah, I love them all. Did we um, get Did we get a mention? You got a mention. Good. You got a it was a brilliant show. It's a great yeah. podcast. I'll listen to it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they they say Badia Shile, and I, I I sent them a note saying, uh, actually, no, guys, it's Badia Shile. Yeah. Just but um, two countries um, divided by a common language. I think uh, Koulibaly, about the odd excursion forward, is looking slightly less freaked out, and um, is coping better. Um, it's a shame we won't see all three of them on uh, tomorrow. Uh, obviously, because Badia Shield hasn't been announced as being one of the players, so obviously we're going to we get on to that. We'll, we'll have Cucurella will be playing, I presume. But um, uh, I think Fofana is indeed um, a, a very good purchase, and I think he 
he, they wouldn't have bought him for that amount of money and be so persistent about him. I think there was obviously a question mark over his injuries because he broke a leg last year, didn't he? So, And, and I thought when, when he first got injured, we thought it was just going to be a couple of weeks. But it's actually been it's been as far as um, from when Angola got injured as well, isn't it? So, um, And he's obviously a lot younger. That's why he's come back in so easily. But no, I, I was impressed. I'm impressed by his speed. I'm impressed by his jumping ability, which is great for the goal, and his athleticism. And the way he took that steward out was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Mark? Future of the defence? I'd like to think so. Yes, I got home in time for matches there as well. And Lineker enthused um, about our, our young defender. He's only played seven games. He's been really unlucky, of course, with his injury. But we're probably missing a trick. And I could probably register this as a intellectual copyright now. We should be calling him the Prince of Bel-Air. Why is that, Mark? He used to play for a team called Bel-Air uh -huh. before he joined St. Etienne. Oh. So he's the Prince of Bel-Air, and I should register that in copyright. I am now going to call him that. He's now the Prince. You know, so we've got Wing Commander Chilwell, and we've got the Prince of Bel-Air. In our, in our defence. So you, you, you heard it here first. I'm going to give, you, a, I'll give you a, 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 the copyright. I'm, I'm yeah. you. And, and the reason why I say this, and I don't remember saying this or writing this, but to bless him, DJ swears it's, it's me. Apparently many years ago in the 1990s, when I was editing the Chelsea Independent Fancy, I came up with the phrase three-point lane. Now, I don't remember doing that, but... DJ swears that I did. So if I'd registered that copyright 30 years ago, you'd be talking to a very rich man now. Yeah. You can't copyright, <laughs> name. You can't copyright names, though, Mark. Oh, shame. Never mind. Never mind. But, other than yeah. that, you'd be very rich. Other than that, I'd be very rich. But uh, other than that as well, I think Badi Ashil had a fine game as well. Mm -hmm. We will miss him New tomorrow York. night. Uh, yes, Green, Kudabali, like us generally, signs of improvement. But back to the item we talked about earlier about corners. We need to use him at corners then at both ends of the pitch then. A threat at one end and um, defensive guard at the other. So room for improvement. But tomorrow night is going to be very key because he needs to step up tomorrow well, night. Because Badia Shield is not beside him. But Fafana, I trust Lineker's judgment on it. He watched him all of last season at Leicester. We paid a lot of money for him, but I thought he was man of the match by a country mile on Saturday. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I thought uh, we said this earlier, but I wonder if we really, uh, JK, but I mean, uh, I, I know you're not a big fan of, of Ruben. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I just feel a bit sympathetic to Ruben, which is not really a good place to be. But I actually thought he did all right. Mark, Mark made a good point as well, saying he's a utility player, really. And he did a job, but I thought, I mean, you know, we, we, I think the interesting thing is we discussed it on, on Friday, didn't we? We knew that James wouldn't play and we were like, oh, he's going to play there. And we were kind of, you, you said cheek word and I was a bit kind of, oh God, really? But actually he did all right. He did a good job there, I thought. He's, he's you know, he's a good player. He's, he, he's, 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 he's a good passer of the ball, always has been, you know, so he's just not a wing back. I don't quite know what position he is. Well, that's half his problem, isn't it, I think? But he did all right. I mean, you know, credit where credit is due. I thought he did all right on Saturday. Kovacic looked good too, I thought. He looked a bit more like Kovacic. Did very much so. Whizzing yeah. around like a bit of a whirling dervish. I kind of like that. I like that version of Kovacic. 
he allowed Fernandez to play further forward. So that was um, that was a very good change and a very good uh, element of of uh, a positive element of progress, as our manager would say. Uh, actually, I don't think he's ever said that. I think he's used the word progress and positive, but not in the same sentence. Mm. Um, but um, no, I think that's that's going to be that was a good sign for the future. It allowed Fernandez not to be um, uh, put upon, not to allow people to pass him, because I don't think he's he's terrific at um, stopping players from coming from 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 getting from just pa passing through him really. Um, he's got a pretty decent tackle. I still don't think we've seen the best of Fernandez, actually. I think, which I think we will, because he's he's obviously a very decent player. Get a uh, get a defensive midfielder, and I think we will. Well, you know, once again, you know, when when is Conte going to reappear? Well, I don't. I, don't I still don't think Conte's a defensive. Mid I mean, no, you know, no, I said no, this no. that the Canners do, didn't I? I said no, it's true, it's true. we 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 do not have a proper defensive mm. midfielder like we do not have a proper number nine and until we yeah. get a proper defensive midfielder and a proper number nine this side is not going to progress no no you're absolutely right so will it be rice you know who knows i bloody hope so um i will bring mark in in a minute but uh, it would be rude of me not to, to, to kind of bypass you on this one because you you, you put up a, a resolute defense of felix earlier on and I, I i i i think he's a lovely player i i thought that him and sterling i mean maybe this is the thing you know, we've been whinnying on about this. I will go to Mark, actually. Excuse me, JK. Apologies. But, uh, um, you know, we've been whinnying on about this uh, for the last few weeks. And here we are name-checking a load of players. And maybe this is the point, isn't it? You know, I mean, we, we, we sometimes we, we kind of miss the blindingly obvious, don't we? Because we get, get kind of caught up in, in the minutiae. We have got an awful lot of new players that are trying to gel together. We've got a lot of players coming back from injury, too. Um, it looked to me like a lot of those players were beginning to get to know how each other played. I mean, Felix and Sterling, that's what made me think of it, actually. Kovacic and uh, Fernandes, Fafana and Badiashil. You know, there was there was a sense of that. And maybe that's what they need, you know. But also, the corollary of that, Mark, is that Potter needs to have some consistency in selection too. And, not, and, not, and not be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a dick yeah he's got, he's got he's got a lot of learning still to do and one of the things he needs to learn is he's not claudio ranieri not a dick. <laughs> he's not claudio ranieri should stop bloody tinkering never never mind the 31 player squad choose your best side and stick to it or if this is some work in progress we should see more of those younger players in the side he probably give a shit rather than playing some of those players who don't Although I have to say one of them wasn't actually in the side on, on Saturday. So perhaps that, that is progress. We should just get a core group of players that make up 75% of that team and only tweak it in certain places. And they get used to playing with each other week in, week out. Injuries apart, we keep the defence the same. I'd play three at the back for the rest of the season if we could, providing Chilwell and James are fit. And you begin to give it a bit of continuity, a bit of familiarity. Having said that, yes, Felix and Sterling began to work well together. None of these are bad footballers. You don't play for Chelsea if you're a bad footballer. These are good footballers. The albatross some have round their neck is the stupid money that's been paid for them. That's not their fault. That's Chelsea Football Club's fault at the end of the day. They're not. Felix isn't a £100 million player, and I know we haven't paid that sort of money. Fafana isn't £80 million. Fernandez is not over £100 million players. Yeah, we've decided a football club 
you know, just to outbid everybody to get certain players. But they are good footballers. We just need to get to a point where they are gelling together as a very good football side and beginning to improve on the results we've got. The next, I would say, less than three months of the season is going to be really important Chelsea Football Club and getting a side that we can look forward with a high level of optimism for next season. We've only got the Champions League to play for. We'll talk about that later. The league is done. Champions League qualifying is done. We're not going to get into it. We need to show short signs going into next season. There's a core side there, a consistent side, and we begin to look forward to next season injury-free with a lot more optimism mm. than many people currently possess. I agree with all of that. And my next question is, is this a reprieve for Potter? But it's not my next question, JK. It's to follow up on what you were saying, because I was planning to talk about it anyway. But uh, Connor fucking Gallagher, I just love the bones out of this kid, man. I mean, he just cares. You just, he's a passionate player. He's a good player too. I mean, there was an appalling moment where he did a brilliant breakout and he got up to the edge of the penalty area and there was nobody really for him to pass to and the move really? all broke down. Or Ch- no, Chukwuemeka fell over the ball, didn't he? That's what happened. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, and then that bit down on the touchline where he, on the corner flag, where he, he just kept on running, slid and kept the ball in. I mean, we need players playing uh, like that for Chelsea. I mean, OK, I know he's homegrown. I know he supports Chelsea and all of that stuff, but he plays like he cares. So you need players like that. You know, you do. Really? They'll sell him in the summer. I fucking hope not. Well, well then they'll be dicks. Yeah, yeah. they are already. Mm. They are. Well, I just think that the pattern for me is that I don't. he won't play him. He, he, he doesn't know where to play him. He doesn't fit his pattern. And as long as they keep Potter, he won't play. <clears throat> and, and and I think he will he will decide that he's surplus to requirements for his his style of play. Well, well. Um, all the more reason that he fucks the fuck off in the summer, then, isn't it? What, um, I, I would slightly disagree with you about this whole process of getting um, uh, a team that is is solid and fixed, because I think they're so stats and so um, medically driven. I think if anybody then shows any kind of deterioration, they won't be selected for the next game. And I I foresee a constant shuffling of the pack as a consequence, just in case they get injured. Well, that's, um, that's working like a treat at the moment, isn't it? Well, but, that, I mean, but that's I, not working, JK. We've got to get some consistency. No, I, I, I'm, me- yeah. I agree with you completely. Mark Mark yeah. says it's not working because we're playing like shit. I say it's not working because they're all fucking injured. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's well, whatever it is, it's not working team. for any of us, Chidge. No, Red- it's not. <laughs> Let's buy 13 more players. Oh, great. Let's do it. We, we have to buy two players in the summer, and you you nailed it earlier. We need to buy a defensive midfield player and an out-and-out goal score, which we know yeah. are hard to find. Which the rest of the side... Aren't we buying, not, aren't we, not him, um, Nkunku, Nkunku, aren't we buying he's not him? An out, he's not an out-and-out out number nine, JK. He's so another he's number, 10. number 10. Like we've we got no. number 10. No. Yes. 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 Haven't you watched Leipzig this season? God, I'm a fool. I've, every time I've watched them, I've not noticed. Oh, how weird. <laughs> the rest of the side is there. The nucleus is there. We've brought some young talent. We are missing two links in the chain. And yet, maybe a goalkeeper. Yeah. And yet, I don't think we need a striker. If big if 
if Conte plays in exactly the same pattern he played in the Champions League for us when he was playing the season before when we won it. Because it what happened because he the pressure was on was he was running the game so much. You almost didn't matter who was playing up front because he'd slip them in. He'd get them in, or or Chilwell and James would slip them in, because it, uh, it it takes the pressure off there being a an out and out striker because you can have the midfield players scoring. You hope not that none of any of us could, but we were well. It was Mount was playing so wonderfully, and Pulisic was playing so wonderfully. Hey, there's another thing. Pulisic's fit for Wednesday, for oh, Tuesday, for tomorrow. Well, you know, he's in the squad. Okay, okay. Well, you know, that's an interesting thought. I mean, you know, seriously speaking, I mean, you know, one swallow does not make a summer. Uh, I nearly said something else then, actually. But, uh, 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 you know, it doesn't make a summer. I mean, you know, it's... It, I, uh, is this a reprieve for Potter, do you think, winning on Saturday? I mean, I think it really all depends on, on tomorrow, really, doesn't it, Mark? Or does this help? I've got a theory. I mean, in the in the I, eyes I of the think... supporters, Mark, not, not the board, because we know they're backing yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think it really matters now. I think it was important that we had to win on Saturday. We could not go into tomorrow night on the back of a defeat or a draw. So we had to win. So in that, that's a positive for him. But if we win tomorrow night, that's good. Because they then went to the next round of the competition. And who knows what might happen, whatever's left in there. So nothing will change there. I think even if we lose... I don't think it changes anything because there's nothing left to play for. Yes, you might take the viewpoint, right, let's get rid of him now. But no one's going to come in for the latter part of the season where there's nothing left to play for. So I think whatever happens, win win or lose tomorrow night, I think he will be here till the end of the season and we can take a view then. As I said like a couple of minutes ago, I think the next few months are really going to be very important for sort of Chelsea Football Club. How we, how we finish this season is going to be really important. And then what we do in the summer in terms of the key players we buy. So it's not a reprieve. No, no. JK? La, 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 la. That'll be a no. Uh, all right, then. Um, what I will say, what I will say is, uh, just to wrap up uh, our little Leeds review, um, it was a great day out. And uh, for once, not ruined by the football recently. Uh as you know, I got the train up for the first time in ages, which allowed me to get to the pub nice and early and have a few a few uh, scoops. And uh, it was brilliant because, um, you know, it was a really good turnout in the cock, actually. Saw Dan, as always. Loza from the beautiful game. Uh, and uh, the lovely uh, um, Phil Spector and his mum and dad, who were lovely. And, uh, oops, what's going on? Something's happened to my phone. Yeah, lovely, the lovely Phil, uh, Phil Spector, as I said. Uh, a load of them were in there actually it was uh, i'm just trying to find uh, adam adam ganley was in there as well so we had a it was a good turnout with the yanks in there the london is blue boys turned up so i saw i saw dan and nick and brandon uh even even uh, even true blue terry was there it was uh, and, and graham i mean it's just a great great pre-match really and uh and then afterwards we ended up in the atlas which was oh clayton saw clayton in the atlas which was lovely and rick level just had a daryl and oscar daryl from this parish of course and oscar were there as well so i had an absolutely brilliant brilliant day um really really enjoyed it, it was nice to have a few drinks without having to drive home for once and i got home in time for match of the day and then i woke up on sunday and i had a whopper of a hangover uh, and then I had to come back and kind of do it all over again, really, because we had the Canners do the uh, Chelsea Fancast presents uh, 
uh, Paul Cannibal live at the Troubadour Club. JK, it was a fabulous, fabulous afternoon, wasn't it? Again, really good people. Oh, Ernie. I forgot to mention Ernie from the uh, Atlas. And Ernie was there yesterday, wasn't he? And Phil. And you were very enamoured of both, I feel. Both, uh, I loved a chat with both of them. They're both great, yeah. And I was saying earlier, I just love the fact that the fan cast gives us an opportunity to uh, to have friends from the other side of the world who are Chelsea fans that we'd never have got to meet ever. Yeah. And, so. yeah. No, I'm really sorry. I missed Phil Spector. I'll, I'll send him a note because he very kindly sorted out tickets for my daughter for the Crystal Palace game a few weeks ago. So I'd, I'd love to have met him. I, I didn't realise he was over. He's, yeah. he's here on Tuesday. He's got tickets to the door. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'll, look out, I'll look out for him. Ask him about I, I, um, working with the Beatles. <laughs> I, I had I had a similar very enjoyable Saturday. I think it started very early early doors because obviously we had people come along to collect, come along and sing this song. So thanks for everybody who came along, collected their book. Hope you enjoy reading it. I had to nip up to the hotel, so I met Mr. Pate, Mr. Bumstead, Mr. Chivers, Mr. Dixon, Mr. Cannibal pre-match. So that was all good. So talking to Mr. Pates and Mr. Bumstead about future Troubadour events. So that's looking very promising. So more of that when I, when I know more. I then met Mr. Beard uh, in the rows. And I actually met Lord Mann, who sits in the House of Lords, who's a Leeds United fan. So I, I, I met uh, Lord Mann, so I yeah, had a chat with him. And then after the game, I was in the cock, I was in the goose. I met Daryl too. You know, so Daryl was very busy after the, after the game. He was in the cock. He was in the Atlas as well, and he, he like my good self, went a 1-0 prem prediction and got 40 points. Saw Nathan. I met the lovely Pedro, who's um, played for a book. I saw Diane Akers. She was in the cock as well. Uh, and then at the Goose, um, and again, if you read your CSU UK, you'll remember Gino Blue. Yes. A guy, yes, a guy called Mark Worrell, who's also responsible Not for... Mark no, Mark Wyatt, sorry, I'm missing my marks up. Mark Wyatt, who's, who's responsible for um, Human Punk. So Mark was there, and he brought along Chris Karomia. So Chris Karomia, who played for Ipswich Town and Arsenal. And Chris Karomia is now manager of the British Virgin Islands national team. <laughs> Brilliant. But you'd have loved this, JK. Oh, lovely character. A really good couple of hours with Chris. Um, and Mark said... You know, you'll you'll like Mark, and then he said to me, "You'll like Chris." So we've got on like a house on fire. He's a referees assessor, and we had a really good conversation about referees. And he covered the Tottenham game last week, so we had a good chat about the referee in that game. And he was commenting about, and I, you know, thought it was worth mentioning about Michael Oliver. And he asked my viewpoint about Michael Oliver. And I thought Michael Oliver had an excellent game on Saturday. He's the best one, easily. He's the, he's, he's, he's the best one. But Chris Karamia, really, really good guy. And, yeah, one of my friends, he was throwing questions at me. And one of my guys sort of talked about brains and stuff like that. And I said to Chris, if I remember rightly, Chris, didn't one of your families play in the academy for Chelsea? And he was, I think he was quite impressed with that. I remember, remember that Alex Kawamia yeah. was on Chelsea, Chelsea Academy. But again, if, he, if he's coming to another game, JK, great to meet him. He talks really well about football. He's played the game and now he's on the other side being a referee's assessor. And obviously he scores the referees on any game he does for the Premier League. So, you know, it's good to have ex-players on that side of the fence as well. We did say to him, when do you get involved in things like VAR? Isn't isn't he? Um, doesn't he do some stuff for uh, Talk Sport? Is he, is he Scottish? 
No, Chris, he's from Huddersfield. Oh, okay. He's, he's, from, from, he's from Yorkshire. Okay, I've got a different... Having said that, though, remember Martin Allen when we were working at Love Sport? Oh, was yeah. The, he was a referee's assessor. And I said, do you think... I just said in passing, that's really interesting. I said, do you think they're fit enough, lots of them? And he took unbelievable umbrage to that question. He just said, of course they're fit enough. You don't know anything about anything, mate. He said. And, and, I, and I think the other thing... Yeah, I think the other thing I'd say about Saturday is the remarkable impact a Chelsea win has on the local economy. The bars and the pubs were busier than they've been for most games this season. Yeah, people didn't fuck people, off home quick sulking, did they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, that's a very good point. Very good point. Um, yeah, I mean, canners do, uh, JK. I mean, canners was on great form. We bought him a cake for his birthday, Mark. Oh, how a nice cake, and you. we had an eleven, you know, like two ones for a number eleven. We bought him a card, and we got everybody the cake, though, Chid. Football cake. It was a football cake. Yeah, it was half a football, wasn't it? And uh, we got a card. We got everybody to sign it for him. But there were some lovely people there. Lee Beaver, I, I got to meet. Lee, by the way, thank you for uh, for supporting me, sponsoring me in the sleep out. I noticed that this morning. Uh, but Lee's from the Canary Islands, and he was great fun to meet. And he was uh, fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Robin with, with his son. Uh, he, he, I had a nice chat with him. The the indefatigable, wonderful Nathan, uh, Nathan from the uh, Chelsea Grave. I, I like to call it the Chelsea Grave Diggers Society. He doesn't like it when I do, but I, I do. <laughs> Always lovely to see Nathan, and of course the absolutely fantastically wonderful Richard. He of the uh, come along and sing this song. Uh, well, we, we, he did tell me what he decided to call them. And I still can't remember. I'm such a... Illustrations. There you go. He's an illustrator. And he's done this one of you and me, hasn't he, JK? Yeah. Which, which is, is hilarious, isn't it? But Richard was on absolutely fantastic form, Mark. I mean, he was he was loving it. He was great. Uh, but loads of people there. Uh, Daryl was there, of course. And uh, I'll tell you who else was there. The lovely Shane Holcomb, who is this... He's a, he's a very young lad. I mean, I, I got to know Shane when he was about 15 because he started doing a podcast from the States called the, the Lad from the Matthew Harding End. And, uh, I mean, incredible. There's a little kid doing a podcast. And he's really good. He, he had me on there. I think it all went downhill after that, actually. But uh, anyway, he, he was over. I saw him in the in the cock before. And uh, and uh, he, he turned up to the K. And we got him to be Mickey Microphone for a bit, didn't we, JK? He asked some very good questions as well. He did, yeah. Very on the ball, very on the ball. Everybody there was, it was one of those great events. I suppose it, part of it was because, you know, there were about 20 people there. But... Um, everybody asked some terrific questions, and uh, um, uh, Paul was 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 as his usual lovable self. He's a very lovable character, is is Paul Canaville, and um, the the once again the joy with his scoring goals are just fantastic. I love it. But um, he, he dropped his shoulder an awful lot, didn't he? In the he two did, hours he we were did, talking, he, he kept on dropping his, his shoulder, his, saying that. You know? You'd always think it was like a tail if you were playing uh, poker, but he's, uh, when he, if he was going to go by somebody, he always dropped his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, he was, he, he was terrific. And also, there was a lovely arc to the whole story because then he started talking about his difficulties towards the end, which um, I thought was uh, was was very clever because it it there was some it, it, he's had some real you know he's, he's getting injured at twenty five and his career being over was a was a was an appalling shock considering he was such a terrific player. But a question a question I forgot to ask him was um, was was. Um, why he'd actually left the club because at the time I was always confused by people being transferred and I wanted more of a of a, of a bit of knowledge about that but I, I forgot to ask that question but because um, it's always this is why I, I'm always slightly perturbed with the players who leave because I'm always slightly 
um, ante them because so that you've let well, me down. If I, if I tell you that the answer to that question is very similar to the answer that the other question you did ask, which was I who, ask, yeah, no, who, who no, came I, after him with a golf club, which he indeed, wouldn't indeed, answer. No, but I wouldn't, it wasn't just that question. It was the, the implications for the club. I wanted more ask of That's that That's why. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, I'm, absolutely, no I understand. I understand. Yeah. yeah. It was a yeah. fantastic do. Uh, I can't tell you, lot. I mean, I know it was difficult yesterday because it did clash with the Conti Cup. So we, a lot of our regular attendees could not come along, and I, 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 we're not, we're not grumpy with you at all. We totally understand. They should have, they should have come along rather than go to the Conti Cup. Well, yeah. I didn't want to say that, Mark, but we had the much better afternoon. That's all I'm saying. But they are, they are fantastic. Uh, obviously, J.K. and I are, are front and centre because we do the. You know, we, we, we sit on the table and all of that. But don't underestimate the role that Mr. Meehan plays in this. I mean, Mark Mark's like technical consultant, really. You know, he he basically, he and I get together and say, who, who should we have next, Mark, I say? Who should we have have next? You know, and he, he looks at his diary and he goes, they'd love to do it, Chich. They'd love to do it. So uh, me and Mark, we... Busy. Go on, sorry. Busy, what's, busy what's happening, people, today. Yeah, yeah. we've got to, we got to, I mean, you know, well, we're, we're going to carry them on. I mean, you know, we'll carry them on. Obviously, a lot depends on whether the Troubadour want us to do it, but uh, I'm sure they do. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to carry on doing them in the summer because uh, we love doing them. And actually, it'll give people, a, you know, something to come to when Chelsea are, you know, not, not doing anything. So, uh, so keep your eyes skinned for the next one. Uh, we probably will have one, I would imagine, uh, I, I would imagine at the beginning of April. That's that's when my next date would probably be. But we'll see. I mean, look, we'll let you know, and we'll 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 we'll. Uh, I've got a couple of ideas. I'll get together with Mark, and we'll we'll, we'll take it from there. But t- do try come al- coming along. I mean, they're you know just ask anybody who's been. I, I we I don't think we've had a bad word from anybody about any one of them so far. I mean, people were a bit peeved that there weren't many people there yesterday. But as I said, I mean, there were extenuating circumstances for that one. But. Uh, Hey ho! The point is that they're supposed to be intimate. We've chosen a place that can only fit about fifty people in anyway, so uh, it gives you you guys a chance to actually get questions into the people that that we've got as guests. So there we go. Right, enough waffle from me. Uh, we need to have a quick plug for ye old CFC UK. Why? Well, because the new one was out this weekend, uh, and it is a thing of beauty as it always is. Uh, of course, you can get it from uh, the stall, which is opposite the Fulham Broadway. Uh, tube station uh, shopping center call it what you will or from any of the sellers that are around uh, fulham road of course uh, just follow the cry of hurry up it's only a pound because that's how much it is now if you can't get one in person panic not you can actually get them delivered to you a hard copy delivered to you if you're in the uk it'll be 18 quid for a year subscription uh, europe 40 quid rest of the world 50 quid uh email fanzine at cfcuk.net if you want a digital copy instead so a pdf emailed to you the year subscription is six quid or a pound each and you can pay all of this via paypal and while we're on the subject of fanzines our very own dean mears has produced one for the women's team called the king's meadow chronicle again it's brilliant it accompanies dean's fantastic went to mo king's meadow podcast which i hope you all listen to as well uh but uh, dean and dane and clayton all right for it uh, from this parish there are a few other people who are equally lovely too that is only available as a well it's not only available as a pdf dean does hard copies too and he, he sells that at the ground that's two quid plus postage and packing or if you buy it direct it's two quid uh, a quid for a pdf for anybody uh who wants one and it's kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com we will be back in a minute to talk about the borussia dortmund game tomorrow night Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, 
and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and we're into part three of our little show of a Monday evening, and I'm joined by the Duke of Kid. You started something now, you know that. I know, I know. I wish I hadn't already. I'm already regretting it. Me too. (laughs) Good to have you on the show, JK. We've got the lovely Mark Meehan with us as well, full of his insight and knowledge and largesse. So there we go. Good to see you, Mark. Uh, Good to be on. And thanks again for people listening tonight. We are now going to talk about... Dortmund, so yeah. a lot to talk about tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. and it, it and will it be Alfie's end pot at the end of it? Oh, very good. Well, I think we established it probably not. No, it, no, it won't. No, but, it I, won't. but don't let no. the truth get in the way of a good gag ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, don't let the truth get in the way of a Chidge team selection either. Talking of which, and here is my team selection for tomorrow night. J.K. This is what I think Potter will pick, not what I necessarily would pick. Although I have to say, it's not a million miles away from what I would pick. It's up to you to guess which of the two people that I wouldn't have picked. So, here we go. Kepper in goal. Three at the back. Three, three, four, three, three, four, two, one, three, four, three, like Saturday. I, I, I'm happy with this. This is good. I like it. So, uh, Kepper, uh, going from right to left. Fafana, Koulibaly, Cucurella. Uh In the midfield, James. I think he'll play James. I think he'll start him. I think he's ready. Kovacic, Fernandes, Chilwell, the wing commander. And then I think, though it pains me to have Havertz playing, I still think it's good to have Sterling, Felix and Havertz playing as the three again. You know, because I think consistency might be the key here. So that's what uh, Pot- I think Potter will pick. It's kind of... I would I would have... I would have Personally, I'd have thrown Chiloba in there rather than Cucurella, but I think he'll pick Cucurella. I agree with you completely, Chidge. That's exactly the side I think he will pick. Mm. And I fear that they will score a goal down the uh, the left-hand side as a consequence. Mm. Unless Cucurella starts playing as well as he played at Brighton. Mm. Let's hope he's putting everything, all his problems behind him. Let's hope so. Mark, what do you reckon? I don't disagree. As I said earlier, I think we have to get to a point where there's a level of consistency and you keep the core nucleus of a side. And other than Cucurella and James, James obviously just didn't play at the weekend. The other nine players played on Saturday, and I think you've got to keep pretty much the same team Saturday. Badia Shield, nothing to do about. He's not in the squad. James, I think, will be fit, and that makes absolute sense. So I would agree 100%. The only question I, I would say, and I think you're right, I think Cucurella will, will play, is for Farner, he's, he's right-footed for Farner, isn't he? He and played, he played on. He played on the right on Saturday. He played on the right on Saturday. I'm trying to remember if Chalabar has ever played in the middle before. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, that's the only thing. But I can't, I can't see him playing say for Farna Chalabar and then Koulibaly on the left. I think Koulibaly has to be in the middle. He's, he he's, has played on the left though, Koulibaly hasn't yeah, he? He has. Badly, yeah, badly. Yeah, badly. yeah. And I, I think you're right, JK, because I think he's played on the left with Silver and I think Chalabar on the right. So yes. I yeah. think your team is spot on, Chich. I think Havertz will play. Yes. Unless, and I didn't, you know, I didn't watch the press conference today, but I did see something online where he said if it goes to penalties, Havertz is a penalty taker. So put it this way: 
if Havertz is not the start of the game, he'll certainly be on at the end of the game because this game could even go to penalties. Well, Havertz here's the happen. thing. I mean, and if we get a penalty, Havertz will take it. So well, he will be on a pitch. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I, it's clearly advantage Dortmund. They've got a one nil, uh, you know, lead over us so far. And here's the rub. I think if they if they score, I mean, there's two sides to this question really because we've obviously got to score two goals and not concede one to have a chance of going through. We haven't scored two goals for. I can't remember the last time. Somebody will tell me the last time we scored. Two. I think it was the Bournemouth game, wasn't it? You know, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we, that that was in December. That was Boxing Day, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, that was Boxing Day. So that's like you know one, two, two over two months ago. So we've got to score two goals tomorrow. I have no idea how we're going to do that. Although we created enough chances in the first leg to have buried them four nil. Uh, we did create some good chances yet uh, on Saturday, but we failed to score them. But of course, the flip side of this, and this is the beauty of Champions League football, of course, if Dortmund score first, it's almost game over, isn't it, JK? Unless we score two. Well, we'd have to score three. In no, extra time? Well, there are, no, there are no away goals. Oh, exactly, we're in extra time. But I'm saying we'd then, we'd, we'd then be on a level with them and then it might be penalties. But yeah, we'd have to win it, we would. But yeah. um but yeah, no, in, indeed. Funnily enough, I was thinking about exactly that this morning. I think I may have even rather pathetically woken up thinking about that. But yeah, but you know, I, the trouble is you then think, yeah, but what about when we played Napoli? What about those great nights at the bridge? And I'm afraid I can't see this team replicating anything of that. No. The, the, the terrible respect that Potter has for every single team who come and play. And he always, always bigs up their... The, the positive or, side of, or, of the or don't it's just so I, tedious. I told but, you that you you know earlier on. I I am fucking steamed about this. It's a privilege for Chelsea to be in. You know, it would be a privilege for Chelsea to be in the quarterfinals of the Chelsea. Graham, Graham, we fucking won it uh, two yes. years ago, mate. Yes. We fucking yes. get. We've been in more semi-finals than any English team in the last twenty years, mate. It's not a fucking privilege. It's an expectation, you dick. I have to say that the the, the press conference. We're glad to talk about the press conference now, Chuch. Well, we well, do? let's go. You, you fuck, I need to go and lie down and calm down. I didn't <laughs> listen to it, so I'll let you get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it. It was the most deflecting one that I've ever heard him give, actually. Which is that he just trots out the same. It was like listening to some appalling politician who just got one idea and they just carve everything up into the same few sentences that give great kudos to the opposition say um uh, we're looking forward and we want to progress it's going to be a special night and we welcome the pressure i mean stuff like that is just this it, it, is the trouble is he, he molds all of those sentences into every reply no matter what question he's asked you know can you turn things around um um uh will will uh winning this game will that give you more momentum um I'm not thinking of this. It's a top opponent. We're, we're, it, it's a challenge. It's a great challenge. And always, everything is always seen as something to surmount rather than thinking, actually, it's Chelsea. We're a terrific side. And you'd almost think, Chidge, absolutely agree. He, he made a statement about it being um, an, an honour to be playing against such a good team in the quarterfinal of the Champions League and with the possibility of getting into the last eight. And I actually thought, it's not 1998. It's not the first time we've ever been in the last 16. But this is the point. And I think this is the confusion that he has in his head. 
and I know we joke about him still being a Brighton manager. Yeah. It's yeah. a fucking privilege for him to be managing a club at this stage of the Champions League. Absolutely agree. But it's Absolutely. not for us. So yeah. fucking get with the programme, Potter. You're a Chelsea no, I, manager. I'm afraid I think that somebody with that mentality managing this team is completely, as a consequence, the wrong person because he's not coming across as a confident man. He's coming across as a, a trier and it's a challenge and we're punching above our weight. This is constantly the feeling that I'm getting listening to him. And I really think it influences the players. It cannot but influence the players if your manager is coming in from this low low bar all the time with it, because well, it, it, it gives them a, it gives them an excuse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, we've been you and you, me and Mark. We're you know, I mean, I won't dare tell people how old you are, but we're all we've all re, we've all been around the block a bit. Is that your humble face? No, that's my my my. Apoplectic a face. A gasp. Apoplectic face. face. We've all been Apo around the block. Perplexed, but turning into apoplectic. Yeah, we're, we've all been around the block a long time. So we've worked for a lot of people. We've we've probably managed people as well. You know, le managers, leaders inspire you. They make you believe you can do the impossible. They're not apologetic. They don't say, oh, they're there. Try, try a little harder next time. Because that gives you know, mercurial, talented people, a big fucking let off, you know, because that, that allows them to be lazy, allows them to settle for mediocrity. You have to push people, push people, push people to get the best out of them. You have to make them believe that they can do things that they aren't capable of doing. And you kick them to do that sometimes. I just I don't see him doing that, mate. It's all, oh, well, never mind. No, you did well to get this far, like the first round of the FA Cup. Yeah, it's, it's a great, just... great game, great game to be involved with to get into the last eight. We play, and he repeated it earlier. Have to play well and be positive. Try to get into the last eight of the Champions League. He fucking won it two years they're ago. A, they're a top team. It's not going to be easy. We're willing to take the challenge on. I'm quoting him here. For fuck's sake, I mean. <laughs> Please, Mark, rescue us before me and JK just explode and self-bust. Yes. Guys, 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 same soup, different kitchen. You know, you, you know by now, you're beating yourself up over this. And I, I was fascinated. I thought it was another tension in a different kitchen. Uh, well, yeah, that's a, the Buzzcocks <laughs> one, yeah. I, I, it was fascinating listening on Friday, and I think Clayton was absolutely brilliant on Friday, and Clayton's making the point. I've never, ever listened to a press conference. I don't plan to. I said the only reason why I knew some of what happened today is like the the lovely Neil Fitzsimmons, who's written a couple of books on Chelsea. Mm. Um, he's, he's ordered to come along and sing this song. So he just messaged me because um, I'm I'm arranging to sort of sort the book out, and he he basically just messaged me. I think you know he decided to listen in and he normally doesn't listen in because I think he was hoping for a bit of, you know, passion, like, well, yeah, we're going to get through. And, and it was none of the stuff. And it never will be. It don't matter how many times you watch it. That's why I say same suit, different kitchen. That isn't him. That isn't his nature. And you're not going to get that. And you're not going to get it from the journalists either where they're at at this present moment in time. They'll ask all the same stupid questions and he'll provide all of the same answers. It's yeah, and so th it's almost like a pointless exercise. That yeah, he he'll come in, he'll know what he's got to say. They'll come in, they're going to ask the same old questions they've been asking all season, and that's why Clayton was so right and bright. Actually, it'd be quite nice if one of them asked a few different questions. Yes, yeah, do something different for yeah. trying to add because it is. It's like a film you've seen before. 
Now, you might like to watch The Great Escape 603 times and watch it every Christmas, but you know what's going to happen. That's fine. You know what's going to happen in the press conference. Why Why watch it? It's, yeah, it's not. Let's, yeah. Let's do our role as supporters and I, I, I just hope the team you know, actually gets this over a line at the end of the day. That's all you can ask of it because you, the press conference is not going to win you this game. It might have been different when Jose was there. Jose was probably the first manager, other than obviously Alex Ferguson, and you've now seen it with likes of Klopp and Guardiola. The game begins at the press conference. Somebody That's actually what... asked him, Mark, whether or not yeah. um, uh, he, he played any special songs in the car. <laughs> which was a, which was a, a He probably different... plays ABBA. <laughs> and, uh, no, but his, resp- his, resp- his response was, um, uh, no music, I've been preparing the game. That was his. That was his response. Oh, yeah, it's funny because I, I I tweeted on Saturday before the game as much as I love the Foo Fighters and I think JK you liked it as well. Yeah, I don't get playing the Foo Fighters. I, yeah, I said I would have played the Ruts. You know, we're in the rut. We've got to get out of it. No, I, mate, I, was, I would play yeah. Killing Joke to scare the living shit out of the players. They'd be so keen to get out of the dressing room, they'd run through a brick wall. And then there was a funny moment earlier. I was exchanging messages like with Steve Frankham. And I, yeah, he was asking me about a day, and I said if it was a Strangler song, something better change. And he came back and said, oh, it'd be more like no more heroes anymore if we lose to Leeds United. Look, at, at, the, at the end of the game, the press conference isn't going to win the game, unfortunately. Nothing that happens is going to change anything. He is not going to change. He is who he is. That's it at the end of the day. Tune in at the press conference to see something different, to see a bit of tub thumping, to see we're going to actually... You know, but Mark, 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 Mark. I, I, I look, mate. I love you to pieces, and I hear what yeah. you're saying, and I respect yeah. what you're saying as well. Yeah. He doesn't have to change his demeanour. He has to change his words. Yeah, yeah. But he's not going to. He, he's got a script in front of him. It's been close to God. But he, I mean, fan- say, say we. Say yeah. Chelsea yeah. have got a fantastic history and tradition yeah, I in this anything, in this yeah. competition. When Chelsea yeah. go into this competition, our aim is to win it. Nothing has changed. That is our aim. What's wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. I think he should be guided from above for that because I yeah, think that's, that's my point. Yeah, he's, he's being guided. Yeah, he's being probably guided from above, but it's those bog standard answers. You would love him. You would love him to say, We're Chelsea. We're playing Dortmund. We're at home. We're going out to win tomorrow night. Nothing else matters. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. Yeah, that would be wonderful, but that's not him, and it ain't gonna, it ain't going to happen. It'd be far better to send someone else along to do the bloody press conference. He's probably not allowed to duck out of it. Yeah, he's not. He's not gonna, and and they're not. They're not going. The press play, make it easy for him as well. Yeah, maybe they sort of throw the questions where he has to come back with that much more progressive, optimistic answer. But they just do the same old, same old. Yeah, I would. It's I would. Good. I would kill to have a fucking press pass at the moment. I would, oh, yeah, I would last one press conference, I suspect. Yeah, well, exactly, because again, it's it's all very nice. You know, no one. You know, it's it's quite amusing. I was going to mention this later. Um, I was chatting to BT Sport today because obviously they've got the program on tomorrow night, and they were saying, "Hang on, what? Well, sorry, what what program is this, Mark?" After the after the game tomorrow night, there's a program called Poundland. Hurry up! It's only a Poundland. It's only a Poundland. But the guy from BT Sport was saying, "Did you know?" Like no, 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 mate. That was that was an an, an invitation for you. I know. So bloody get on with it. <laughs> I was going to say the guy from BC Sport. He was saying to me today, like Phil, did you know Phil Daniels was banned by Ken Bates? I said, yeah. Phil Daniels used to write for the Morning Star, and you know he was like a. 
a proper journo saying the wrong thing. So Ken banned him. None of this lot are ever going to get banned in Chelsea Football Club. It's all too nice. It's like a, it's a, it's a club. You know, no one's going to attack him too much because they don't want to get risk banned. And they're probably all having conversation. It's press conference at Chelsea are complete and utter waste of time. Well, I'm not going to let you off the hook. Why were yeah, BT yeah. Sport talking to you? Oh, sorry. BT Sport were talking to me because there's a program on tomorrow called Poundland. And they were ringing up to apologise that the filming I did with them isn't going to feature in the final show because it's been edited down from two hours to 70 minutes. They cut you out? They put you on the cutting room floor? That's I'm a disgrace, mate. That's a I'm disgrace. The you you mean they, they, kept, they kept Harry Harris in at the expense of you? That's absolutely. a disgrace, mate. Ab- absolutely. I've been bounced by Harry Harris. Mate, I'll tell you what, it's something that they bloody... I mean, I never apologise to anybody I cut out of a programme, so that's 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 progress. It's, the, know, the TV like, industry is clearly getting woke, mate. Uh, it, was so, it was so nice. They rang me up to say, like, oh, the show's on tomorrow night, Mark. Thanks very much for all your contribution, but you didn't make the final cut. I said, no, no, okay, fine. That's television at the end of the day. And I did jokingly say, well, actually, it's probably no bad thing because I imagine their lawyers will be all over it because a certain gentleman in Monaco will be tuning in at 10.45 tomorrow night. If he's not tuning in earlier to see Chelsea win. Mm, indeed. Well, look, I mean, in all seriousness, whether Mark's in it or not, I know Rick Glanville's in it. It's, it's, worth, it's worth watching. Yeah. Rick made the cut. I, I know that. So, uh, yeah, watch it. I mean, I've, I've TV'd it because obviously I'm at the game, but it'd be, it's about, yeah. basically, it's about a real pet subject of yours, isn't it? It's right that we talked about this a lot on the 50 Years show, the whole hoo-ha yeah, between yeah, uh, yeah. Matthew Harding and Ken Bates. And probably strategically, when I turned up to do the filming and I, I appeared on camera in my Matthew Harding Blue and White Army, I probably wasn't showing neutrality. <laughs> that could be why I'm on the cutting room floor. <laughs> the lawyer's probably looked at it like, he can't be in. He's taking, he's taking the Harding side. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. All right, listen, okay. Much as it pains me in JK, you know, Potter's going to carry on being Potter. Um, Well, that's a good point carry on being potter because i mean if 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 uh if we do lose if we get knocked out tomorrow the season is over but uh as you were saying earlier on mark will it be out of our vida zane pot no i don't think it nah, will of course be. it won't no i don't nah. but if we do lose tomorrow night it's going to be a lot worse than southampton was you think so really i do i do i think why? i do why yeah, yeah. why because I think everything rides on this game. And if we, you're right, if we lose this game, the season is over. We're not going to get in the top four. We don't want to be in the Conference League. As much as it would be nice to go to Transylvania, or I think as Marco said, Bulgaria is quite nice in the summer. Which there one? is an expectation we should be in the Champions League and we won't be. The only way we're going to be in it is by winning it this season. I have a terrible fear that we're, uh, we're going to play quite well. And our expectations will be fine. And then there'll be some dreadful refereeing decision that will do us out of it. Mm. I mean, to be honest, you know, as you both know, I've had to long off midweek games this season because, uh, you know, I have clients until pretty much eight o'clock every every night of the midweek. Um, And uh, I'm going tomorrow. And the reason I'm going is because I fear that this may be the last time I see Chelsea play in the Champions League for quite a while. So I don't want to, you know, I want to make the most of it while I can. I've had to cancel three clients. That's, that's, you know, that's 150 quid I've chucked down the Swanee. This is the kind of things we do for this club. God damn it. 
and sacrifices. I know, I know. So uh, I'm kind of going there because it might be the last one for a while. But we, we ain't we ain't going to be in it next season. So that's a, at least that's at least a year. Unless we win it, only unless we win it. Well, yeah, but that means yeah. Okay, yeah. You you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. All right, all right. This this show is descending into farce very, very quickly. I mean, you know, you know, you know, you're on a sticky wicket when you have to tease it out of Mark three times to get him to talk about a program. And of course, he didn't bloody tell me he'd been cut out of it. He could have saved me the trouble. He was, I, I thought he was just being his usual humble self, mate. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I've got some stats. I know you love stats. And even if you don't love them, I'm going to read them anyway. Um, okay. Chelsea have progressed four times across their last seven Champions League knockout stage ties when losing the first leg away. Dortmund's recent away record in England is that they've lost on their last five trips. The bloke who scored that goal, that breakaway goal, Karim Adeyemi, is injured. Is injured. Yay! Marco Royce has uh, got four goal contributions across uh, Borussia Dortmund's last three games. Uh, Two goals, two assists. Dortmund have scored the opener in their last eight competitive outings, of which they have won eight. They are unbeaten for like ever. Uh, their most recent matches, they beat Leipzig 2-1 at home. They beat Hoffenheim 1-0 away. Hertha Berlin 4-1 at home. Us 1-0 at home. And they beat Bremen 2-0 away. So they're in rich form. But are we downhearted? Are we fearful? No! Or are we, JK? What do we reckon is going to happen? Uh, I think it'll be 1-0 and then we'll we'll uh, have penalties and you know, he, despite him saying at the press conference, he was a bit cagey when asked, were they practising penalties? He said, well, they practise them all the time, which just made me think they're not sort of done officially. They're just done, you know. Um, but, you know, let's see. The proof of the pudding, you know, let's see what happens. But um, I don't think it's going to be simple tomorrow night. It's not going to be a simple game. It'll be a, a nail biter. Doesn't really matter how good we are. I think we'll... You know, we'll have a lot of not getting the ball in the net. Or, who knows, it might just suddenly be one of those nights and we score three and you go, what have we been, been worrying about? And then he makes some stupid substitutions and they score two <laughs> to make it three all. I don't know. It's a, it's a European night. And um, in the past, we've done great things. But uh, I don't think we've ever gone into a European game with this kind of uncertainty, to be honest. I don't remember us ever having played in a European match with this kind of... Napoli. Um, uh, um, no, no, but I, we were still a very good team then. But we were playing like shit, and we had no idea about uh, Robbie. We didn't know what Robbie was going to do. Well, that's true, but we we the t- the players elevated it, didn't they? That night. Well, he then picked the, the right team for a start. That helped. The crowd were phenomenal. They phenomenal. Were. Be- one of the best nights I've ever had at the Bridge by I a country agree. mile. Absolutely agree. One, of, yeah, it, that and um, uh, Vicenza was a wonderful night, but. Um, but that was, yeah, absol- and Barcelona, the two Barcelonas. But for me, it's up there, the Napoli game. But let's see, let's, let's, let's see what, whether they are inspired in the same way. Mm, it's a big if, isn't it? Go on, stick a, stick a number on it. Um, uh, 1-0 and, uh, and then uh, who knows what happens on penalties. All right, fair enough. Mark? Agree 100%, JK. I wrote down earlier when I was looking at this, he's going at penalties. 
whether it's 1-0 or whether we win 2-1, even if they score and we score two, it still goes for extra time and penalties. I think it's going to come down to penalties. It's, it's going to be that close. Where we get two goals from, we'll, we'll have to wait and see if they score first. But you have to hope for a combination of Vicenza, Barcelona, Napoli and... Denver Bar and PSG with a late a late oh, goal as well. Oh, that was wonderful, wasn't it? Oh, was it? That was incredible. That Mourinho was running wonderful. down the touchline. Yeah. yeah. So, dare, again, dare to Denver. Yeah. Again, if you think about it, you have that level. Try have that level of optimism. Dortmund are on a ten-game winning streak. Sooner or later, winning streaks come to an end. If there ever an opportunity, let it be tomorrow night. I mean, you know what. Fuck it, I'm going to go for it. I I reckon it'll be three-one to us, and I think it'll extra time. You know, it'll be yep. it'll be two-one. Go to extra time, and I, I know this sounds absolutely completely batshit insane, but we hammered them over there. We, we were very hammered good them. them. It yeah. should have been yeah. three or four-nil. Yep. Sooner and... or later, sooner or later, yep. Felix is not going to hit the bar. Sooner or later, Sterling's not going to try and beat another person. Sooner or later, Havertz is going to like fucking hit one rather than try and dink it into the keeper. Sooner or later, Chilwell is going to like not you know hit, you know take a touch and slide it in rather than try and volley it. Sooner or later, James is going to turn up and, and and put in a performance that we know he's capable of. Sooner or later, Fernandez is going to actually do a twenty yarder that will go in. Kovacic can't see him scoring. Sorry, but you know it's going to happen. First player to score tomorrow night, Kovacic. Sooner or later, it's got to happen. And as I said, I I thought I thought they were they were pony mate. I thought it. You know, last round it just showed the huge gulf between the Premier League and uh, all of the other European leagues. Frankly, it it, it you know even even Belling, Bellingham I thought was uh, you know fairly average. Really, just ran around like getting angry all the time. So, you know, keep him quiet. Uh, why not? Why not? I mean, I don't think it will be a breeze, but uh, why not? I'm going 3-1 extra time. Thank you well done. very much. Well well done, you. And I, and I think the best football we've played for the most part of this season has been in the Champions League. Yeah. We're, we're, we're more suited to that European style of football. And the remarkable thing, if we do pull it off tomorrow night and we do have that glorious unpredictability about Chelsea Football Club when we do these things. It's a bit like the reverse of Newcastle. When Newcastle lost their game last Sunday, I said there's a danger that Newcastle's season then could go up in their face because they, they built so much on winning that game and didn't. If we win tomorrow night, that could have a remarkable impact on the rest of the season. We've got Leicester then on Saturday, we've got Everton at home, we've got Villa at home. You get a three or four game, five game run keeping, as I said, the nucleus of that side and we might begin to look like Chelsea again. This this is massive, massive tomorrow night. Now, I'm not going to speak tonight without asking an enormous favour of anybody listening in who is around. I wasn't going to be at tomorrow night's game because I didn't think I'd be around this week. So I didn't have a ticket. So if anyone has got a spare ticket, I am looking for one tomorrow night. Fuck I'm down no, there. Mate. No way! No! No, no, only when, when they went on sale. I didn't think I'd be here this week. I thought I'd be out of the country. So, because I was going to be away, I didn't get a ticket because I knew I'd be away. But I'm not away now. I'm here. 
So, and obviously the game was sold out. So I'm on the lookout. So I've mentioned to a few people to keep an ear out for a ticket. I'm down there tomorrow. I'm meeting Mr. Nevin before the game. So I will be around. So if someone's got a spare ticket, just WhatsApp me or tweet me and I'll arrange to meet you tomorrow. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. I'm optimistic. You know, again, there were spare tickets knocking around for the Leeds game at the last minute on Saturday. People coming to me and saying, do I know anybody? It's just late in the day. Yeah. Well, you know what? Don't give up, Mark. I mean, no, not at all. Not no, no, this, yeah. is, this is a good yeah. omen. This is a good yeah. omen, right? Yeah. For the Napoli game, uh, this is why it's one of my all-time favourite games for so many brilliant reasons. But I, I had no money at all. Uh, my business had just gone under. I'd lost 50 grand, so I had no money. Skint. But I couldn't bear to not be around, so I turned up to the ground. Um. I went to see Mark. I had a good chat with him at the stall. And then uh, the lovely Dave Jones from Swindon phoned me. He said he was in, he was in the pub. You come at the pub, yeah. He said, uh, he said, I know you haven't got a ticket. He said, I've got a spare. He said, it's 40 quid, face value, no problem. I said, Dave, I've got no money, mate. Sorry, I'd, I'd love the ticket, but I haven't got a pot to piss in. Uh, in the interim, Marco sold two Chelsea fan cars T-shirts he said, Chidge, I've just sold two fan. I've heard, I heard your conversation. It's 40 quid, mate. And he had it. It wasn't Marco just being lovely. He had actually generally sold them, as far as I remember. I, I phoned Dave up, went down to the pub, bought the ticket, sat in the shed end, and the rest, as they say, is history. And the interesting thing is, I didn't even have enough money for a programme, and I've never bought a programme since. Really? Nope. Never. It's kind of become a, like a thing, you know, like... Uh, what was that book by Nick Hornby? High Fidelity. Oh God, that's a great book. Yeah, so I know I've, I associate that whole entire Champions League win because I didn't buy a program for Napoli, so I've never bought a program since. So there you go. So Mark, you'll get a ticket last minute Absolutely. through a security route, and yeah. as I said, we will win three-one. It'll be like Napoli all over again, mate. Watch, watch this space. Remember where you heard it first. Absolutely. Then I'll tune in on Friday and then put something in mix. Let's say that. Yeah. All right. I think that's mm-hmm. enough. I think we should leave while we're hot. Leave, leave, mm-hmm. leave while, quit while we're ahead. Leave on a high. Leave yeah. on a high. There you go. Now, that is no, in all seriousness, that is all we've got time for tonight. Uh, JK and I will be back on Friday with the absolutely stupendously wonderful, lovely, beautifully formed Alex Churchill for the preview show, which will be looking ahead to Saturday's match against Leicester, as the Americans might say, and uh, looking back at Tuesday's match against Dortmund. Let's hope it's a good one. A very quick shout out to the Patreon people who I love like brothers and sisters and close family. Actually, I love you much more than that. Um, But anyway, yeah, if you want to uh, sign up to Patreon, bung us a few quid every month, your reward will be in heaven and I will love you forever. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Um, If you do so, you will get a Kerry Dixon mini banner. And, of course, you can join our wonderfully, beautifully formed Discord group where there are so many people. It's like um, most of the Mixler crowd emanate from these two channels. So uh, you'll be in good company. And, by the way, for those of you who are wondering, we've had a lot of people sign up to Patreon recently, all championing for the bit for a Kerry banner. I've got two weeks off over Easter, and it is my mission to send lots of banners out to you all. So I'll be sending them out around Easter, okay? So you haven't got too long to wait, I promise you. Uh Obviously, we had too many emails to fit into this show tonight. Um, I fear I can't do one this week, JK, because I'm busy tomorrow night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Uh, I could do one on my own. Well, if you want. I mean, it'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it, really? I could pretend to be you as well. Could you? 
I that I would pay to listen to. I don't know. We'll have a think about it. Okay, we'll just have to do a bumper one next week. Maybe we'll. For an hour of the day, we could do. Yes, that 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 might work. Yeah. Okay, I'll get my agent to talk to your agent, and we'll figure something out. I'd love it. I'd love it because I do have spots in the week where I'm I'm less busy. Yeah, I thought yes, yes, spots. Okay, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, all right. Okay, the mafficking may be relieved. Um, but thank you, people, for sending them in. There's been some crackers this week, and of course, as you as you all know, if you want your email read out, we do a special show called In Off the Post. And why, why are you looking a bit weird? I was trying to be Terry Thomas. Oh right, look, okay, fine. I just a gap there. Look, yes, look. you caught, caught my attention. Absolute, absolute stinker. Yeah, I've got a double gap, you see. Look. You have, yeah. I know. You do. You are Terry Thomas incarnated, we, we know. Anyway, in off the post, uh, we will read your email, Patreon message, Instagram post, tweet, whatever, Facebook message. We will read it out if you have the uh, cojones to, to, to write it down and the good, uh, good sense and uh, humility yeah. so to do. Um, and the email address, which is our preferred medium, is chelseafancast at gmail.com. There we go. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Jonathan at Jonathan Kid, Mark at Eddie Mac B A W A. That's it, Mark. Always an absolute delight to see you, sir. I need to see you for a beer, really. Well, I'll probably see you for tomorrow. Actually, I mean, I'm, I'm defo, yeah, defo, yeah. I, I'm, I'm down, I'm down there early. Uh, I'm meeting Pat probably about five thirty. So then I've got plenty of time. And okay, I, mean, I, I, I shall have a ticket as well. Oh, hopefully, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm gonna be there about half half five six. I'm gonna head to the cock. The Yanks are still okay. in town, so I shall go and probably play with them for a bit and then mosey on down. All right. Oh, well, I'll 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 be not far away. I'll Good be man. well. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I no, should be driving. I'll make an attempt to come down as well. Yeah, do that. Definitely the cock. I mean, I, I'll be driving, so I'm not going to be on the piss like I was on Saturday. So probably a good thing, really. But, Mark, great to see you. Thanks, as always, for your time. I know how busy you are. I also know you subbed in for Dan tonight. So not, apart from the fact that you're ridiculously busy, you even managed to do that. You're an absolute legend, mate. My uh, pleasure. JK, what a brilliant afternoon I spent with you in your company yesterday. That was so much fun. I really enjoyed that. It was great, great fun, Chidge. I agree with you completely. Everybody who came along. And uh, talk to us afterwards. There's such nice people. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And informed, informed Chelsea fans. Absolutely lovely. Lovely they group. They yeah. were indeed. Yeah, it was lovely to see everybody turned up for the Canners do. Uh, I won't bother to name check you again. You all know who you are. But JK and I really appreciated it, as did Paul. JK, great fun tonight, as always, my friend. Mixler people, we love you intensely. Well done. Thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Yeah, the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.